Yeah, 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 yo. It's the S T L O. You ooh, oh, St. Louis, woo, and my co-host Mikey Muse. Hey, what's up, man? Uh, yeah, I look like the Pringles dude on the can, and uh, I want to make love to Russell Wilson every single night. I dream about that. <laughs> yeah. All right, go say friend. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, April fooled. You got freaking fooled, yo. Ooh. Yeah, dude. got him. <laughs> you know what? Got, got him. Got him. Got him. Oh man, I don't. You are a hard person to impersonate, man. You really? are unique. I'll tell you that. Yes. Oh my. God. Thank you. <laughs> Telling you, it's hard. I was really. Uh, like, my heart is beating right now from trying to do that. Uh, I, feel, I forgot how to spell yeah. your name in the middle of doing it, and I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> like, where are the letters?" Yeah, you like, put the oh. ooh, ooh at the after the e. At the U or the O, and then I yeah. put an E in there, probably somewhere. I don't know. I, I, I thought all of a sudden about Lewis and Clark, and then I was like, "They're pressing." <laughs> I just thought, you know what I thought yeah. about how like what? everybody celebrates Lewis and Clark, mm. but really, if you think about it, they were just the scouts before you know everybody else took over. Oh, true, man. You know what I mean, I'm saying? They, yeah, they were just they paved the way and gave everybody else the maps, so then they can all come in, and everybody yeah. comes in like with this fake olive branch, like, "Oh, we're cool. We're just super smart geniuses who go in and uh, yeah. take in all the status, so then the military can come in and take over." I mean, they were just uh, like, um, what was I gonna say? You know, how educated the, they were to create all those books. And, sorry, they were the Mayflower on the smaller term. I mean, like the first, you know, the first American settlers that. Uh, did everything to the Indians. They just did it in a certain region. Yeah, the Mayflower did it in ships, and the Lewis and Clark did it in canoes. <laughs> uh, I I'm, I didn't know. I like had this thing. This you know this. I get not an impression of you, but like, oh, I wanted this because of your mustache. I want to say, oh, I look like the, the Pringles man. I do though. Well, I shaved it. <laughs> well, not yeah, also. not anymore. But <laughs> I look like a. Uh, kid or something yeah you know. look so so fresh so clean thanks brother i'm I, trying to look uh freshen up now that the baby's here not because i feel like if you <laughs> if get you that truly dad look i think Go there's something to like uh and i learned this through covid too but there's something to like if you look like shit you feel like shit so like i was just decided to like shave up and clean because i've been letting my hair grow out and i don't mind because it really helps with the winter and i work outside mm. but I was like, you know, man, I feel like shit. I'm gonna really clean up and uh, shave my shave my face. Yeah. Every now and then, it's good to do that. I think guys get it, you know. I have this tradition always. Um, I guess not. Sh I the well, to shave at least the beard, get the mustache grow for the start of baseball season. Get my Oakland A's going because I oh, yeah, the famous um, pitcher Raleigh Fingers, his famous yeah. Yeah, I, I want to start growing out my mustache for help the A's get to the World Series. I'm so jealous that you're an Oakland A's fan. I wish <laughs> I was an Oakland A's fan. I fucking love the Oakland A's so much, but I I'm, I don't know why but I love the pitiful Seattle Mariners because yeah. we just sorry dude, this isn't about that right no, now. No, no, I don't. Well, actually. Just uh, I don't know if you can get on that one, but uh, have this idea. Um, like I just mentioned, I want to let uh, get you uh, in the ideas I have for future episodes. Um, mm -hmm. Of course, baseball starts this week uh, with uh, oh, awesome. Um, but I have this idea for. Uh, I, I'll be pis too busy this week, but with two weeks, it'll be Jack and Robinson Day on the fifteenth. So I'll be playing songs about baseball or songs that make me think of baseball. 
When do you think it's appropriate to take kids to baseball games? That's a good question. Um, I have no idea. Hmm. But I'm a, I have a kid. I feel yeah. like I want to take her so bad right now, but it's like she's not even she's three two months old. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's like I'll say waste. five. Five years old. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, for they can at least try to comprehend the game. I mm-hmm. think that's probably the earliest. True, because they wouldn't probably enjoy it. They wouldn't no. understand the spectacle. No, you know, I mean, let them play one game. But maybe after T-ball season. Yeah. Or before, right around that, even right around that time when they get their first mitt, <laughs> and they bring it to the ballpark and like, I'm gonna catch a foul ball. Yeah. And like, yeah. All right, kiddo. You know. Yeah, you have All to right. be the right age to get excited when foul ball comes. And, oh my god, I have a chance to catch it. Yeah. I mean, a part of me wants to take her early and then take her every year that and be like, fun. have a photo and then just do it. I mean, I don't and know. A, but I, I, T-Mobile Park I wanna, is an awesome park. So, is it? Yeah. Oh, have you? But I don't want to be that parent who has like their kid and he's just crying yeah. and it's like uh, the fifth yeah. thing. No. And yeah. All right. I'm going to yeah. wait. I'm going to wait. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just going to wait. Um, Sorry. When was the last time you went to a game? Man. Maybe. T- I don't remember. I do remember I went to a Seattle Mariner game with my friend Stephen Frere. He's from Texas. Stephen Frere. <laughs> awesome guy. Uh, man, really good dude. He he was like, one thing uh, I was joking about Texan friends is like, I was, sorry, I was talking to my wife about friends and I was talking to the difference about Texan friends or Southern friends versus friends I've had from the North or the West Coast. Is like Southern friends just show up at your house and it pisses you off. But they're like, hey, man, I just, I'm sorry. I just want to say hello. I was in the area. Here's a beer. You know, I called you beforehand. I'm not trying to be rude, but it's like, you didn't call me, man. You seem sad. You seem bummed out. I just want to make sure my buddy's all right. Because a lot of Southern people like go to church on Sundays and then somehow they get something that affects them. And then they get hit, you know, like the good thing about people who go to church is like sometimes something makes you feel bad. (laughs) And then you're like, I need to go be a better friend. Mm -hmm. And then you just, I don't know if that's part of it, but he, people like him, I just had friends like that down there. They that's, they would just, great. it's almost annoying, but you, yeah, you're yeah. like, wow, this is great. This is how a friend should be though. Yeah. And it, you know, I have friends like that, that I feel like uh, teach me how to be a better friend. So he's like that. One of those dudes who, you know, he just shows up and he's like, all right, we're going to the Mariner game. You know, he, he took me to the Mariner game. Him and his mom um, took me and Janae. Uh, and it was supposed to be a Father's Day game. Oh, it was a Father's Day baseball game. My dad blew me off, so I took Janae. <laughs> uh, he oh. Went, oh, yeah, he dude, I planned it and everything, and he blew me off. One of the many oh, times he's blown me off on shit like this. <laughs> wow. But, uh, yeah, no offense, but honestly. That's why I have my Seattle Mariner spatula, though. It's like I got it on Father's Day. It's sweet. It's got it like a... A beer cap opener. Now I'm officially a father, so it's mine. Like shit. <laughs> I'll take it back. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's been mine. It's like Highlander. It's absolutely my special now. So was but, this uh, in Texas? Was it? This was here in. Uh, so what they do? They have a beautiful Father's Day tradition where uh, her father, which is so Stephen's mom, uh, her dad and her had this tradition where they went to baseball games all the time. They're big Texas Rangers and Atlanta Braves fans. And uh, they would go to different ballparks. And one of their bucket lists is to, you know, hit every single ballpark on Father's Day and catch a different game, catch a different Texas Rangers game or whatever like that. Go to every single baseball park, though. And uh, so sometimes they do it on Father's Day and sometimes they do it on different holidays, but they try to catch basically a different stadium. And uh, 
the Mariners was one of them on their list. And they invited me, and she treated us out. It was wonderful, man. She was such a lovely person, like uh, generous, you know, absolutely. So, That's so awesome. Yeah, we vacationed with them too once. It was pretty, they're really cool people. Uh, love to party, so they're cool. <laughs> <laughs> love to have a good time. Hey, can I so, you knew them when you lived in Texas? Yeah, I made friends with them at my job. Uh, I worked as a utility locator down there, and uh, I met him. He was my trainer. And I'll never forget, this is in his intro. Stephen Freyer, USIC. Boom, like right hand <laughs> shake, right in my fucking head. Hard, you know. <laughs> Like, Navy veteran, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> like, wore it on his sleeve, dude. Loves America. All that yeah. shit. And I was it's like, like a, welcome to Texas. Hell yeah. It's like one a, of his. A, sorry, this is like a southern version of like James Bond. James Bond. That's absolutely. <laughs> yeah. With pride, dude. Yeah. You know, uh, great representative of a southern guy. Good dude. Sorry. So, uh, what, what, no, I just met him at my job, and he he trained me, and we just hang out after that. He actually started to like me, and he's like, you know, Mikey, Miguel, you know, I like you. You're a cool dude, dude. You want to hang out? And I'm like, sure. Fuck, I don't have any friends. I just moved down here. So he'd invite me over to his house, and we'd hang out, watch UFC fights and uh, bullshit, hang out with him and his wife and his kiddos. Um, he just wanted to have other positive couples people like that to hang out with and he was happy that my wife and i were married you always try to find people who are married and shit when you're a married mm, couple yeah you need uh, someone from your girl to hang out with too for you you kind of do i mean i feel like i do a great job with my single friends and her and my wife does a great job with like she's super comfortable around guys dude like i've slept with her in the bed with me and like six other guys in a fucking hotel room because of rugby sleepovers and just like parties and like <laughs> Not sleepovers, we're, we're like at a hotel, you know, and we go at a tournament like hours away from wherever we are. We're all fucking getting fucked up and sleeping, dude. <laughs> so, but she's just not uncomfortable. She just knows how to be around guys because of her mm. brothers. So she dresses mod modestly or she covers up more. She's not like flirtatious. She's conservative mm. as an individual. And everybody, instead of like gawking over, because she's a beautiful person, they mm. recognize that and they, they respected our relationship and they kind of protected her like a sister rather than like, because she didn't put it out like oh that ever. God. And she was never flirtatious with, any, with anybody. They yeah. all just kind of, I don't know. They just treated her like that. It was awesome. Yeah, definitely. She I always considered to go on. Yeah. I'd, whenever I'm around her, um, I always get, you know, I, was, I get this like brotherly feeling from you. So I always get that, yeah. like my brother's girl, really cool girlfriend feeling from her, so. <laughs> that's cool, man. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. I, I, she would love to hear that. I was gonna tell her. <laughs> tell her yeah, awesome. Make, your, so, make her listen to this. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, just real quick on the baseball so thing. I was, but well, I'm. Oakland will be in Seattle uh, near Memorial Day weekend, near my birthday. They'll be there on uh, like a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and my birthday is Thursday. So I'm thinking maybe going to Seattle to see at least maybe one or two games. You should, dude. I'm thinking about it, but just I'm the only reason why I'm thinking no is because of because of COVID. But I'm, oh right, if they yeah. make you like, who knows? I might, I might like, have to take a vaccine. I don't true, know how to might, get one they yet. They might not let you. Right? Yeah. If I really, really want to, it'll be a good birthday present to myself. Absolutely. Right All right. So I thought we'd just like get into the the guts of this show. 
Well, actually, I want to do a recap of last time. That'll be this is like my new little segment. A little recap. Being that, with these last couple episodes, I'm talking to you, you know, learning. I'm learning things, I guess. I don't know. Or I'm also, I'm learning about things we talk about later on. You know what I'm trying to say? It's like, uh, we talk about the Grammys, then we, I learned yeah. the results. Yesterday, I mean, last episode, I, we talked about things and then I learned more things from what? the time between. So I just want to say, oh, okay. uh, you know, I talked about the singer Caliuchis or one like I still have not learned how to properly say her name. I I hear, <laughs> I'm it's either, uh, uh, like saying oh shit like Kelly ooh like you want to whisper it ooh ooh she's <laughs> or really? it it's either like that or or like a hungry mouse like Kelly ooches. Oh cheese, oh cheese. I'm just gonna it's, say Kelly Uchis. Yeah, I it, I period pronounced that way, but I always I'm I always do like the whisper thing. Uchis, Uchis. Um, I re I said last time that um, uh, her song, the song I played, Telepatea. I think that is how you pronounce that. I learned that Telepatea. Uh, it is. The second most played song in the world right now. So good on her. In at least oh, in dude. terms of in terms of Spotify. Kudos, dude. Wow, that's huge. I know. That's pretty awesome. That is huge in the world. Yeah, because yeah. a lot of people speak Spanish in this world. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it being that it, she sang in both, both Spanish and English. I think that's gonna create even a bigger fan base, probably. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else was I gonna mention? Oh, today at, during my lunch break, I did hear um, fuck, I forgot the title. Uh, <laughs> uh, Urban Floors or ah. Ur Urban Flora, Flora, Flora. Very good album. Um, right. I'm happy you recommended it. Uh. But I'll say this is it's both a I don't know if it's a positive or a negative, but it had the same every song had the same feeling. That's a both I guess it's a negative in which like uh you know you want a little bit of variety in sound, but it's a positive because sometimes you want like sometimes you want a record that gets you that one feeling, you know what I mean? Cause the feeling yeah. I got, I feeling I got was like a electronic slow jam kind of like uh um yep. say if i want to put on slow jams oh i want to put i'll put on let's get it on by marvin gay or i could put on urban flora as well mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so is yeah that it's definitely great for uh hooking up with the ladies yeah, yeah um it's a very great mood like maker and it's not just a hookup like track no. but it's really you can play it and do yoga. You can play it and do poi, spin poi, fire, do aerial silks, uh, pole dance. Like it's it, it to me, it it makes me want to move and makes makes girls want to move too. Whenever I played it, 
That's what I found. First off, wow. ladies, women love to dance, dude. And it's got I love that about like most women that I've been hanging around is that they like to dance. So and at least in my family, every girl danced. There was like no exceptions. Maybe that's just a Mexican's house. I can't, you know, what mm. what can I tell you? That's what I grew up with. And my wife likes to dance. Her friends like to dance. It seems like they all like to dance. That's all I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> that that you play something like that, dude. It's just so chill. It's uh, yeah, it's it's really calming. Um, and I think it's meant to sound the the same on purpose. Like you meant to play it through the whole thing and like not even know you played the whole record. Yeah, it went by so fast. It felt like one continuous thing. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. Like, like a good album, probably. It really should. Yeah. Try his, uh, the next one, do the, there's an EP, and I think it's, I forgot what it is. It's got, it's a purple album. It's, called, it's the color purple or something. I might have had, had that saved already. Something with boy in it. Is that it? Um, the song Crestfallen, oh, Noel's Eloquence, and, uh, it, it's not on, it's not on Spotify. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know why. It sucks. It's really upsetting. It took don't, it off. Don't, of don't, don't make fun of Spotify. They actually, they're letting me, they're letting this show still happen. Yeah, no, I love Spotify. <laughs> yeah. I love, oh, Renaissance Boy. Yeah. Dude, yeah. All, dude, they're all site. Listen, we don't have to, I just love all their stuff. It's so good. Okay. Uh, right. GPS so, is a really good song. Um, This is a like a double, double re, 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 recap. Re, re, it's, a, it's a recap to a recap. Uh, or actually, let me say that uh, we we I talked about how much I'm in love with Victoria Monet. Uh, I, it got me thinking. Like, I like Ariana Grande. I think her voice is fantastic. But I realized, like, how many like her songs make me uncomfortable sometimes. Like, her, there's so much sexuality in her music, and I I still right. have in mind that oh, so this person is she's young, like. I'm, she's probably my age. She's around my age, so like, sure, she's a woman now. So I'm sure she, right? Um, you know, so she goes, she does this stuff. So yeah, she maybe. has sex and everything. Sure, but sure. It's but, just so explicit. Yeah, and I think of her like still as the Nickelodeon kid. She was, she started off as um, a star on Nickelodeon, but that makes gets me thinking that many of her songs would be better if Victoria did sing them. I'm not like I know that Victoria. She Victoria hasn't sent like written every one of her songs, but she has a credit on every single one of her albums. So I'm thinking, I I believe Victoria Monet is like a woman. I she I think that these songs would sound much better if she sang them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Hey, you're a big fan. Yeah. So huge fan. There you go. Um. So yeah, I want to do the re 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 re, re, re recap, extra recap. We talked, <laughs> we talked about um, Doja Cat and Megan Thee Stallion, and they're both featured on uh, a remix of the a new Ariana Grande song. So I maybe recommend checking that out. Okay, it's called. Okay, it's this song is okay. Like I mean, no, it's a pretty good song, but the concept of this song I still can't get over. The I mean, songs, they need workout songs. Is it yeah. a workout song? 
that's kind of like what I'm looking for. Hmm, maybe, maybe the remixes, but not the regular version. Uh, this song's called Thirty Four Plus Thirty Five. It's 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 so grown worth. <laughs> What's Thirty Four Plus Thirty Five? Is it sixty nine? Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but the so the th- oh, uh, whole concept. I like that. Okay, I like okay. it already. Just okay, so okay, funny. sure. I. I, I think it's funny, but like the thing it like, makes me like, uh, is like, so supposedly one person is 34 and another person 35. But I thought that's the whole point of 69 is one person's a six, one person's a nine. Oh, <laughs> you see, that doesn't make sense. Oh, but I like how they broke it down even more. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Okay, that even adds to more of the that what I just said that uh, too much sexuality no, in on this music. I was just placing my block for sure, for sure, especially for like Gen Zers, like you got there behind you. Yeah, those little those little ones. And uh, just curious, have you looked into any artists that I mentioned last time? Bro, I'm just killing myself with potions. Um, let me see. Who was the? Honestly, I've just been listening to the episode. And uh, appreciating what I had, yeah. Uh, like, okay, so what was funny is I listened to the Whitney Houston song with my wife, and my kid was in the car. And my wife just goes, "This makes this song makes me think of the baby," and then she just starts immediately bawling, dude. And you know what? I was immediately who's bawling? Yes, I was like, yes, this this uh, hits somebody. <laughs> who's bawling? Janae, my wife. Okay, I'm just I'm sure because she, well, she was thinking about our baby when she was uh-huh. listening to this Whitney Houston song, which made me cry because I was oh, like, yeah. "Yeah, she is amazing," you know. And that's just the beauty of that song in general. Like I was already talking about when we were listening to it, was like, "Oh shit, dude, that song hit us while we were listening to the thing radio." <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. It was just cool. Banana, banana, yeah, I mean, Oh, what's banana all about? Do we need to protect? Are we, this are we having invaders? Is this kid uh, needing help? Just uh, any listeners? I got my my nephew Dante with me. No, you don't. All right. Well, you're, you're here. You're you're listening. Okay. Yeah. Pipe down, down there. You're a little young child. Shut down. <laughs> Shut up. No. Well, you are, and you're not. Um, it's okay, we still love you. I'll buy you treats later. He'll buy you treats. Take you to Seven Eleven. I'll take you to Seven Eleven. Just be quiet. Okay. <laughs> let's okay. Let's get into the meat of this episode. Uh, today is well, it is April first, April Fool's Day, y'all. Um, <laughs> uh, I thought I'd just do a little. Uh. Let's let's go on way 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 back. First time I say, well, we, me and you became friends through work. Uh, I think the first thing we've probably really bonded on is well, is music and as well as comedy. And before long, I broke your comedy stand up virginity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like the way you phrase it. I. <laughs> <laughs> I I I did stand up um, maybe like just three times before then, so it was still pretty new to me too. You know, man, I was so happy that you actually did stand up because I remember when I when I brought it up to you how much I love it and all this, and you're like, "Oh, I've been up," and I was like, "What?" <laughs> I was like, "Yes, somebody who's actually gone that I know who is 
right in fucking front of me, dude. And when you said you wanted, you were down to go again, I was like, bro, let's freaking go. I needed somebody to help me go because I was just so like, I didn't really know where to start. And that's kind of what it takes. And what was cool is like how you helped me. I helped somebody else do that. And it was like growing a group together. You know, like yeah. when I met, I met Courtney at this other job and then, you know, I met, you met me here. You extended the olive branch of comedy to me, brought me into a group and we started going to our spot. I forgot what it was called, the Flaming Dragon or something. It was a Chinese spot. That <laughs> it was, was a, a, the Hot Box. Served the well, Hot was, Box, but. That was the name of the, yeah. Man, it was a Chinese thing. restaurant that was like yeah. a gutter ball that served cheap beer, which was great. Great for comedy, bro. Um, I love the host. He was a great guy named Chris. Oh, he was the shit. I love Mr. Boatwright. He was an mm. excellent host. I mean, had a heart for comedy and was very funny. So really miss that guy. But we started hanging out through our job. We found this comedy thing and we would actually hang out. I remember we'd like talk about different bits and different thoughts about, you know, what we should talk about. And man, I remember when you, you first went up and then I went up after you, I was like, holy shit, we might actually be kind of good, which sounds <laughs> so crazy to say because everybody sucks. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, I was like, we don't suck as bad as I thought we would suck. And uh, it was fun to have you there who took it so seriously and you wrote beforehand and you pushed me to like want to do better myself to make sure I'm continuing to write about stuff and trying to, and I'm always trying to bring in fresh new bits and something that, you know, I either went through that day or that week or something that I'm trying to make funny and make other people giggle and see what, what the hell is a funny concept because I'm still trying to figure out what's funny. Because we're so relatively, I'm very new to comedy. I think I've only been up like what, maybe fifteen or twenty times. I, mm. I can't really say if it's even in that high. You know what I'm saying? Uh, of range, I don't know. Yeah, I guess for myself, I'm close to maybe twenty five. So if you're at twenty five, then I'm probably at like twelve to eighteen. I'll say oh, right really? now. To what? I don't think it's that many. I don't. Yeah. Because we were going. We were getting closer to the double digits and like whatever, and then everything just shut down. Shut down. And uh, fuck, dude, it was so fun. I got to go to go to Tacoma Comedy Club, and we were like going to do Portland, and they're starting to opening everything up. But I don't really want to have to get a vaccine and then (laughs) the do shit. Honestly, I don't. I don't want to have to. It's like I don't know. I'm going to figure that out. I think I'm going to build a comedy club in my (laughs) land. I'm gonna do that. That sounds awesome. I'm gonna I'm gonna buy land and I'm gonna like make it like an RV park type thing, and there's gonna be comedy there. I'm gonna make it a comedy club somehow. Figure (laughs) this out, dude. Okay. I'm gonna put out the bat signal, and you and I are gonna keep (laughs) podcasting, and I'll give you updates as I'm doing it. But that's gonna be the might happen. It's not gonna happen in a year, buddy. I'll tell you that. Oh no no no! (laughs) That's a long game. Uh, A dream. Yeah. Well, back to the baseball talk. If they build it, they will come. They will come. Thank you. That's exactly my motto, bro. If you build it, they will come. People with RVs and trailers are looking for a place to go. And guess what? If you come to this place because you just feel like getting the fuck out of your city, we also have a comedy spot. <laughs> It'd be great for comedians who are traveling, you know, and all that shit. I, I just want a place to do comedy where I can be, like, free. And I can allow people, no matter what's happening, to come out to my place and 
you know, on private property, you know, people can just fuck all, you know. So it, it'd be like trying to get me with a helicopter, but a comedy hotel, like a ha ha zz. That's what you call it. Well, I'd probably get like RV. Like it, it's really catered to people who travel. So RV people as it is. Maybe I'd have a restaurant or something like that. But uh, I know for sure. Well, that's all in the future, bro. You know, I don't yeah, want to bore everybody future. with this stuff. This dream yeah. talk, you know. But uh, yeah, it really sucked that every it got shut down because you were truly improving every single time, man. Oh, thanks, man. I really love it. You know, I. I I am trying to get to my point where I, <clears throat> I don't have bills and stuff tying me down and I'm able to travel because Janae knows one of my passions my is comedy, you know, and arts or entertainment in general. Not like a like to be an actor, but just literally to do stand-up and to get funny, getting on stage, getting the thrill. It's like a high that I've never had before. Yeah, I feel it you. It feels amazing, you know, like... It's like it's a crazy rush, dude. It's a crazy rush, you know, mm -hmm. to make people giggle or laugh at something that you wrote up and thought of for like hours or days, months even. Some things I've written like a year or two ago, and I finally had the courage to write it out better and then bring it out. No, See if anybody would think this is funny at all, and then to get a laugh, you're like, oh my god, yes. It's like you strike a little bit of gold and. You need people for that. And when it was all shut down, I couldn't imagine. Yeah, you know, I had some of my friends still do it through Zoom. Um, but I was not oh, interested not, in doing it's that. It's not at the all. same. I wasn't interested in it. I, I, I had so much going on with my baby being born and moving and all that stuff that I was like, hey, you know, uh, comedy can take a backseat. I've been buying books, I've been trying to read, you know, listen to good podcasts and absorb information so that when I go out and write more material, I can produce something that's. You know, cool. Yeah. Something good. I think that creating life experience and intaking is important in order to outtake, in order to output. You know, it takes a lot of feed for a cow to create a piece of steak. It creates generally a lot of energy to produce anything worth a shit. So I have to intake a lot of energy. I have to intake a lot of information and pop. You know, it takes a lot, bro. You know yeah. what it's. Yeah. You know what it is. Uh, that reminds me of a. Well, another re 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 recap. Uh, we talked uh, we about the song "Colors" by Black Pumas. I just watched this video in which the singer Eric Burton he wrote the song "Colors" seven years ago. So just to think, like wow. how much build and time it took to truly make that song public. Absolutely, that's just what I'm talking. Respect to him. And them, you know, wow, that's amazing. And that's exactly what I'm saying, man. You know, we just, you keep getting after it and trying and you never know what's going to break through. You just keep refining and getting better as an individual. You know, you might have some hilarious bit right now that you started in your first or second year, but it might take you seven or eight years to develop the stage presence to be able to say it right and do it right. That's what I'm learning that I like about comedy. That's kind of like maybe people who have hobbies that are, um, sewing or taking photos or music you know as you get better that's what makes you feel good as you get better so it does take writing you I, leg I legitimately do write things in paper and on my computer and i try to write it the way i would say it so, and you're working on your writing skills and <laughs> you, you know you're literally doing a little hooked on phonics you know and <laughs> you're uh you're trying to interpret pop culture to make people laugh but also make yourself laugh and um 
be funny. Like that's all I care about. You know, people who talk about making money right now, I'm like, it's so weird to me. Cause it's like, dude, it's fun to dream about, you know, making money, but I don't care about making merch about a joke of mine yet. I don't care about putting out shirts or cups or I get that you should try to make money as a comedian, but I think getting funny to me is the most important thing. And then worrying about money after that is like what I should do. Yeah. You know, I, I feel know. you. I'm just... It's all about the, the grind. And it's fun, man. I Yeah. So when you and I would meet up at my house or we would, and then we would, uh, drive down to the station what was it a train station what type of the, what the is max it? the max so what, what is a max a light rail yeah okay so it's a light rail i love that we would take that shit into downtown portland that was so fun to get into the mode i would i felt like yeah. that's when i would like, click uh-huh. and engage to like i'm doing comedy now now i start thinking about what i'm gonna write what i'm, how I'm gonna say it how am i gonna stand there like what's the order like and uh I would just start getting into the mode, you know, and you mm-hmm. and I would kind of bullshit a little bit, and that was fun. But... I even missed the on. like the, the middle, the little things, like uh, uh, in intru- introducing you and Janae to the max. Like, you, I'm, I was surprised you guys been living in this area for a while, and you never took it. Dude, I watched Ninja Turtles too many times to know that people get stabbed in subways. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> A light rail is uh, just a out. A light rail is an outdoor subway. Yeah. So I'm not, you know, <laughs> I know what happens in those things. So I was always apprehensive, and I'm, all, I'm, you know, I'm not like a huge guy. I feel like I can defend myself, but I'm that look where people still want to test me. I'm like, dude, I'm not down for this, man. <laughs> my car, nobody bothers me. But when I have to take public transit, that's when people are like, "Can I get a dollar? Can I have a dollar? You got a dollar?" No, man. I don't have no fucking dollar, dude. I really don't have a dollar for you, okay? Please. I ain't gotten it. Not now. Please. Just things like that. You know, I'm afraid if somebody gets aggressive with my girl. Mm. But you, you were so comfortable and you were so confident about it that you helped put me at ease of all my, like, trepidations, you know? And uh, hanging out with you. I was still aware. I was still carrying my knife. I was still fucking ready to get down and get booked. Dude, in case somebody sized me and you up because you had a backpack and I'd have a backpack and if somebody's like oh I wonder if they have a computer you know I wonder if they have this or that and I'm like dude you never know when somebody just decides that your life is worth 150 bucks mm-hmm. it's not about you know your, your uh, brain where you're at or where I'm at it's like where is this person at where are they coming from I have to plan for that you know and uh, that's as far as I go in my head when I think about this stuff but you help me be like okay I got a bro here so I don't necessarily have to take care of my wife per se but you're an also so seasoned at it that you're like you know mm-hmm. you're like, oh that's crazy Larry I know that guy <laughs> no, no oh I know that guy <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. all the time <laughs> yeah uh, I also liked um, taking you to ground control I thought just like seeing uh, your reaction to like the Star Wars game, like the, that, that was that was awesome. I felt like uh, a kid again. It was so yeah. fun. Like uh, I think you were probably in the bathroom, and me and uh, Janae played the Simpsons game. That, that was fun. Man, <laughs> was playing that I, dude, I miss that. That stuff's got to open up. We're gonna just go drink and play games. Yeah, and then uh, tilt. It's all quarters. You remember right? tilt? tilt? Oh yeah. Fuck! Yeah. I missed those burgers. Yeah. So, so ground control and tilt have been gone for over a year. 
Oh man, are they shut down and gone for good? Not permanently, but maybe. Okay. I mean, I hope not. They need to let those people just open up so we can go. <laughs> just for us. Yeah. Just me and Lewis and every other nerd who's been like, yeah, please. Yeah. It's not just a nerdy place. It's a great place to drink and just be silly just, and have fun. Yeah. yeah. Perfect it's for a, dates, too, for young definitely. people, I think. Yeah. You know, get that nervous energy out. People got that nervous fuck energy. You know, they don't know what to do. They're very nervous. They're anxious. Mm-hmm. But if you start playing, like, air hockey with one another, you can see how aggressive each other is. You can see down mm-hmm. her blouse a little bit. She can see, like, oh, you know, how athletic you are. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the veins in your forearm when you fucking uh, squeeze uh, that thing. Yeah. You know, games like that. Yeah. Good flirty games. Get an erection by looking at Chun-Li's thighs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Be it, uh, you know, what is that? Um, sexually suggestive video games. <laughs> uh, I don't know. That's just yeah. fun. Dude. It's just, I, I love seeing people like being married as long as I have now. I like to see young people like go on a first date or second date. It's like, holy crap. I'm that older middle-aged couple, not middle-aged, but been married long enough, 10 years, 11 years to be like, oh shit. Mm. Look at these young guys over here. These 20-year-olds, 19-year-olds on their date. That's cute. That's that's probably what I would what do on a first day. Like, go to Ground Control, probably Powell's Books, Till. Yeah, those are, like, three things, like, in the straight block I would probably do on a date. I think you would be great at taking people to the record companies, too. Or the yeah, record, yeah, record like, stores, yeah. Yeah, fuck. That was fucking cool. Yeah. You just, there's cool places to go in this city. You know, mm. for sure. Yeah. For sure. Okay. I thought we let's get into the show a little bit. Let's get into what we're here for. Um, I wanted to start off with saying what is like your earliest influence into comedy or like one of your earliest memories that something that made you laugh. What? So my earliest my earliest memory of making anything laugh i'll do that versus what made me laugh okay okay first thing i remember about comedy was i used to like hit myself and make myself fall on the ground to make my to make my sister laugh who was three years younger than me and she would cry and cry and cry when she was a kid and when i was about three or four and you know once she about turned about one or whatever so i was about four years old i can see her personality come and whenever she'd start crying and sitting in the car seat I started making wacky faces and sounds and doing weird things to her and not like to her, but just like in front of her, like things that I'd see on cartoons and whatever. Ooh, yeah, ooh, look at this. Hit myself in the face. She loved it when I hit myself. She, she'd be really giggling loud. And I was like, oh, shit, I'm striking gold. Okay. <laughs> so then it, was, it all turned into like how much damage can I do to myself without really hurting myself? I would pretend to fall in front of her. I would hit things with my feet or like hit the couch. I'm like, oh, I got my head. And she would just laugh hysterically. She loved physical comedy right so, away. Yeah. You're like a slapstick. You were yeah, kind of like, and, like che- Chevy Chase. That's what he, that was really what he was known for, for SNL. That was my first memory of like making um, anybody laugh was my sister. She was my first audience member. So I definitely was. I hated her crying and anything that I could do to make her stop crying, which was a lot of physical comedy with hurting myself. <laughs> oh, that's cute. Oh, good, good, good big brother. And then, I, and then something that I wanted to so today, something I really wanted to share was my first ever like comedy from my dad or a family member that I remember. And it was 
every now and then I, you know, and I never knew what it was from, but my dad would be like, hickory dickory dock. And I'd be like, what? What does that mean? And I, and I would just walk around like, okay, dad, hickory dickory dock. I don't. You picked up my sword. And then my, you know, if like one of his, of his wife or his girlfriend handed him a bowl of something or he didn't know what it was, he'd be like, what's in the bowl, bitch? <laughs> And he's like, what? It's not me, baby. It's dice. It's dice. I'm doing dice, you know. Like, and he, I'm like, what? And I, I just didn't understand what it was. And then, like, as I became older, he's like, dude, Andrew Dice Clay. This record came out, or this album that he put produced was in 1989. I was born in 87. So in 89, he was two years old listening to this shit all the time. My dad loved comedy. Um, he was in California. He, we were born in, I was born, we're, we lived in L.A. He lived in Hollywood. And uh, when I was born, I lived in Baldwin Park. So we were all in that area where like entertainment was a real big part of our lives. Where we, I literally thought as a kid, I can legitimately go be an actor or an entertainer because I lived, I lived there. I was like, yeah, that's what we do. Like Snoop Dogg, he lives here. He's from Compton. Uh, Dr. Dre, he's also from LA. You know, like Madonna lives here. Yeah, everybody from LA. We just do this. This is what we do. We're just entertainers. We're just born entertainers. Seriously, and my yeah. dad influenced oh, us no, to, to you know, he would like us to perform for people and and do dances or skits or whatever when we were kids. So, um, but anyways, this this like Mother Goose bit, Andrew Dice Clay was my first memory of comedy with my dad, and he is probably where some of my comedy came in. Is it started really crude and crass at a very early age. So I had to like learn how to clean it up from here. <laughs> you know, at a very young, I was like, oh, this is, you can't just say this, you know, I, you can't be in eighth grade saying this shit. That's, oh, okay, my bad, my bad. <laughs> uh, I guess this perfect transition to the first thing we'll play, uh, Mother Goose. This is, <laughs> I don't, yeah, this, I've, I've heard of Andrew Dice Clay. I've never heard of this bit. I, I the only. Let thing me I tell knew, you about this. The Sorry, only thing I'll just say that the only thing I know him from is being the bouncer in the movie Pretty in Pink. And, wow. <laughs> and he he hosted SNL one time, and it caused him to be banned. Dude, he is probably one of the biggest comedians in the entire world that has ever lived. He has filled stadiums. He was one of the first originally banned comedians. Um, and he was crude, crass, but everybody loved him because censorship was also happening at that time in the eighties and nineties, as it is in this decade again. And, uh, there's all, every decade or so there's, there's some type of censorship. There's something pressing somebody. There's always some type of battle going on. Every decade has it. There, it's not new, you know, mm. as long as, as long as people are people, we're going to continue to feel oppressed about something that we, and we're going to want to fix and make it better for ourselves. So, uh, you know, whatever one generation thought was good for them is no longer good for the next and so on and so forth. So my point is, is uh, this bit is so large that when he says this bit live, the entire audience repeats it to him because it really hit the nation like that. Like this guy blew up. It was amazing. So uh, he, I respect him as a comedian. I respect what he was able to accomplish and I admire his... Fuck it, personality and go balls to the wall style. Like it inspires me to say whatever I want to say, no matter what, no matter who's going to get offended, no matter who's going to get hurt. I have to think about what is actually funny, and it hurts because it's truth. If it's truthful, How do you then it's funny. So 
list. There's, there's, there's like, there's, you got, there's like this pie chart, and you got to have a little bit of everything. <laughs> In my right. opinion. Um, I want to hear this. Let's, let's check it out. Uh, Andrew Dice Clay, his mother goose bit. I want to hear it. Oh, Miss Muffet sat on a tuffet. Eating occurred some way. One came a spidey, sat down beside. He said, hey, what's in the bowl, bitch? Oh! Jack and Jill went up the hill, both with a buck and a quarter. Jill came down with 250. That fucking whore. <laughs> Little boy blue. He needed the money. <laughs> Was an old lady lived in a shoe. She had so many kids, a uterus fell out. <laughs> Jack be nimble, Jack be quick. Jack burnt off his fucking dick. Mother Hubbard went to the cupboard to get her old dog a bone. She bent over, Rover took over. Oh! She got a bone of her own. Mary, Mary, quite contrary, trim that pussy, it's so damn hairy. Oh! I see you've been doing your homework. But you see, that's where I keep going. <laughs> I'm not happy just giving you the old shit. So I put together a few more. Peter, Peter, pumpkin eater, had a wife, loved to beat her, smacked her twice across the head, fucked the race, and went to bed. She blew a horse, licked his feet. She ate his ass so very nice. Tongued his balls not once, but twice. <laughs> Mary had a little lamb she kept in her backyard. When she took her panties off, his woolly dick got hard. Hickory dickory dock, some chick was sucking my cock. The clock struck two, I dropped my goo, I dumped the bitch on the next block. End of story. Yeah, good old Mother Goose, remember her? I fucked her. I didn't have no fucking choice. Two tits, a hoe, and a heartbeat. That's all it takes for me. Hey, when you see a chick, hey, she's got a great personality, yeah. But does she suck a good dick? My friend Joey's got a good personality, too. But I don't want him to blow me. <laughs> wow. I, I so feel like, I'm sorry, I just want to, I feel like I came something, I came across something iconic, and I can't truly explain why it is, but I know it is, I don't know. It truly is, dude, and uh, 
this is the shit my dad would say in the house. Like he'd be in the kitchen saying these bits to himself, cracking himself up doing dishes in his underwear. You know, it's like hickory dickory dock. Oh, you know, shit like that all the time. Oh my god! And I'll always think of my, my dad whenever I hear Andrew Dice Clay. My dad can pass away. Dice can be dead. Their records will still be on here. And every time I hear Dice say some crude, mean shit on those bits from back in the day, I'll think about my dad and probably cry because it's just it's what he shared with me, like his sense of comedy, his sense of what his sense of what funny was was stuff like this that was kind of crude and dark, but it made him laugh and it kind of helped me peer into his um, sense of humor. Hmm. So yeah, I, I appreciated him sharing that with me. Uh, I can just picture like De Niro doing this. Or, like, yeah, like you were doing the the face. Like, <laughs> that, was, that was awesome. I can't believe that's banned. Like something so simple. <laughs> well, yeah, nowadays it's really not that bad. But he does say some shit that's uh, sure. You know, that's not that bad. Like he gets. Yeah. But I mean, honestly, that's what comedy is. Is you got to make fun of everybody, regardless of. Uh, protection or not you know there's just it's fair across the board and that's the beauty of comedy yeah right said protection in quotes really <laughs> i guess um i'll move talk about my earliest influence i can think of in comedy um or something like uh something i find so hilarious that still is like a huge influence on me i tried to talk about this yesterday uh, by you know, save it for the juicy bit today. Um, uh, my the first ever video game I remember playing is called Pajama Sam and No Need to Hide When It's Dark Outside. I wanted to talk about this on the last episode because I would like to introduce this to you. I want you to love it, and I want you to introduce this to Jovi when she's able to play it. This game is made for three to eight-year-olds it says so in oh, the box cute. but it, it's still my favorite video game ever <laughs> <laughs> i'll make sure to do that that'll be cute yeah, um maybe in the future i would maybe show it to you and then we can like play it together and then you i want you to fall in love with it too okay um a shot. yeah so th it's a pretty simple game it's just a point and click game you know you just move the mouse hover over the thing click on it uh it stars a little kid named sam he is he loves the a superhero uh comic book hero called pajama man so he dresses just like him he wears you know footy pajamas he's got his blanket around him like a cape and um that this the game is about he's afraid of the dark um he believes that the darkness is a person so he has this idea to trap the darkness into his lunchbox and trap him in there so he'll never be afraid again oh oh <laughs> so he, it's so cute you know. um so Can he go for my daughter to say some cute shit like that i'm sorry yeah i'll <laughs> yeah, i'm 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 so I'm looking forward to showing you this, and then hopefully you'll show her eventually. Uh, he believes that the darkness lives in his uh, in his closet, so he goes into his closet, and the the his closet is like a whole nother world. It's kind of like 
uh, Alice going into the rabbit hole. Okay. Um, <laughs> this is where it gets interesting. He comes across these trees. These trees are racist. They steal his stuff. It's <laughs> and <laughs> they steal like his uh, mask, his like secret identity, his lunchbox, and like all of his um, important belongings. They're like the custom ex expect uh, inspection. That's what they say. <laughs> so he had, the whole point in the game is finding back his stuff. And then it brings him like the confidence he needs to face darkness. Wow, it's a deep game. <laughs> no, damn. <laughs> but it's it's some of the humor of this game still lives up. The colors, it's beautifully well illustrated. The voice acting is fantastic. Um, the voice of Sam is Pamela Adlon, who is also the voice of Bobby Hill from King of the oh, Hill. Oh, okay, okay. And she also stars and directs my favorite TV show going today, Better Things. So mm -hmm. I really admire her. And uh, the, the it's a perfect, perfect casting. <laughs> it's pretty much Bobby Hill. When you think of the Bobby Hill voice, Bobby Hill, this, yeah, this right. is Pajama Sam. Um, actually, let me show you a picture of what Pajama Sam looks like. Uh, if I can, I can't reach the tags. Uh, yeah, this is my dude, Pajama Sam. You see him? Where? No. No? Only, no I don't see it. Oh. I see your uh, playlist. Oh. Now? Yep. Alright. Oh, that's cute. Hey, he's a little cute dude. He's the background on my phone. <laughs> that's literally how I used to live as a kid. Yeah, put on. Remember, I used to tie. I used to tie my Ninja Turtle blanket to the back of my neck, <laughs> uh -huh. like that, like a cape, and just run around. Use man, that was God. You're gonna miss this. Yeah, there's a, such a nostalgic feel to him. Like you, he, he just makes you reminds you of your younger self. Uh, yeah, he's got uh, a onesie on with yeah. a blanket tied behind his neck. Yeah, uh -huh. that's exactly how most of us grew up with, like. Whatever you'd pretend to be a Superman or a hero or anything like that. Um, what else I gotta say? Uh, there's so many fantastic jokes that just still make me laugh. Uh, okay, he. I don't want to uh, spoil too much, but there. I, I would like to show you it soon. Um, I whenever you ever got the time. Instead of doing an episode, we could. I could show you the game someday. Right. Yeah. Um, but there is this boat. His name is Otto. He believes that he he will he can't float he's like a boat that believes he can't float <laughs> <laughs> I, I know i know but i can't that's so funny dude. he has such a like a german accent it's like a really oh, thick man. accent that's just so funny to hear uh he's like i think this is a quote uh, i know this friend who knew a a, a friend that uh, I know this guy who knows a guy who don't, I knew his dentist and he was made of wood and he sank straight to the bottom. What? what? I wish I was a car. I think that's what he said. I wish I was a car. Oh my God, dude. That's a good one. I wish I was a car. Oh, I wish I was a plane. Or, yeah, that's a good one for a boat. 
Yes, that was like a joke I had the other day. I said I forgot what I said, but I I was like, "Do you think something is jealous of that?" Oh, I forgot what it was, <laughs> but it was very much like that. Like an inanimate object would be jealous of another inanimate object. To be <laughs> jealous of the other. Um, so you, um, Sam, he finds a piece of wood to show Otto. Hey, this this piece of wood can float. And then he you know, he drops in the water, it floats, and then he'll float too. And then he gets the confidence that I can I can float. Uh, but then when you get into auto and you start to go away, then then the piece of wood drowns. What? It's like what? And it's like really ominous and and dark. It's like what's going to happen to us? <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, another, is this a video game? Yeah, oh. yeah. It's made for. It was a, this came out the year I was born, back in '96. So, <laughs> did you? Is this on a playlist? No, this is just a, like a, one of the influences I'm talking about. Oh, right, right. Sorry, right. just like yeah. There's, there's, there is some songs in the game, but whatever. Uh, yeah. Reminds me of a. Uh, yeah. I don't know how to explain it. It just reminds me of like literally every child. <laughs> with the onesie and the cape. Uh-huh. I was going to say, my little brother, he looks like my little brother, Dustin, when he was a kid. That spiky hair, little smirk everywhere. Hands on the hip like he's about to jump off something. <laughs> what, um, what, is there another? Oh, my favorite character. Oh, there's this reoccurring character that you meet in this game, and then there's other Pajama Sam games. Uh, but There's a character, you just call him Carrot, because he's a carrot. And he steals your mask, and he says, "This mask belongs to the people." He's like a hippie carrot. And he's got this green, like soul patch. Oh wow! Like, uh, like it's Peter, part of his, uh, uh, his, his roots. It's on his. Like, oh, <laughs> that's hilarious. And he like whispers, "I'm a part of the Salad Liberation Front." He's a part of this group that wants the wants the vegetables to be the main course. Like he's not mad that he's not mad that he's being eaten. He wants to be the main course. <laughs> That's so funny. That is so funny. He's like, I demand to be the main course instead of the second or third. <laughs> really behind yeah. starches, aren't they? Because potatoes, like you know, they rock. Yeah, and I like this hippie nature he has. Like I think in the second game, he says, "I attended the University of uh, California." Cali- cauliflower Berkeley, something like that you know like a joke like he's saying i'm from i went to berkeley but oh yeah (laughs) cauliflower berkeley something like some some not berkeley but like a definite broccoli broccoli yeah that's probably it (laughs) so funny so yeah, this this game had a big influence on me it's still i even like the fact that he's a little kid that he he overcomes his fear. That's pretty much. I I still channel him. I I really feel like you do because you bring this unique like childlike sense of self yeah. when you're on stage. That is so fucking unique that I don't even know how to. I mean, I feel like when Chris saw you go up and then he saw me go up and he looked at us and he was like, "Yes, really that new, you know?" Or <laughs> I mean, somebody saw you go. My buddy saw you go up. He looked at me kind of like, is he serious? Like, is this really how Lewis is? 
And I was like, yes. Yeah. I feel this like is his I, style of comedy. Yeah, it's like, I feel like I understand myself. I feel like I'm a I'm a safe for work person that does not safe for work things. I think that's the style I go for. I am and I I try to per, per um perform as. And you channel your inner youth, you know. Yeah. Pajama Sam makes a lot of sense when you talk about this, you know, your, your first jokes are like from these kid puns yes. and these different hilarious innuendos. And you bring this like youthful child exuberance that is inside and you have this kind of lighter voice and everything. And when you kind of tap into yourself and you, you do your comedy routine, whatever it is, it's so uniquely yours that I'm like, I don't even, I can't fucking do what Lewis does. That's his shit. Like, that's <laughs> what he does. Like, I could never do how you do it. Hmm. So, you, you have a unique yeah. sense of style which is cool thank you and i think it goes back to and i thank mr pajama sam <laughs> he's an idol <laughs> he is he's an idol of mine yeah he, i i understand now that you tell me that's your guy like that's kind of how he he's an idol of yours it makes a lot of sense and i wish to show you more about him for another time all right all right so the first thing i'm gonna play uh is it it's a classic Oh, this song takes me way, way back. Way back. <laughs> oh my god. I of course the song I'm talking about, it's called It Wasn't Me by Shaggy. <laughs> Do you know this song, sir? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I heard this so many times when I was growing up. Uh, yeah, me too. One thing I, I thought was cool about Shaggy was that my mom my aunt worked at Sparklets in California. And she worked with a girl who used to hook up with Shaggy back in the early 90s. Really? And that was like, I always thought it was cool that I knew, <laughs> I knew my aunt who knew a girl who girl, used to like, fuck Shaggy I back just... in the day. I was like, yeah, I'm cool. I know Shaggy <laughs> sort of like six degrees, a few degrees of separation. I knew yes. That's so. less than six. That's, that's impressive. Pretty cool. You know, I mean, I knew it. I have no idea. Like, I'm a four-year-old who... I was a four-year-old when this came out, and I sang this song. I knew this song. Like, how how strange is that? Where we live in a world, well, nowadays, I would, like, kids know WAP. I, I knew this song. Yeah, dude. I know, man. I know. Like, I don't know if that's good or bad, right? Like, what what, <laughs> what is that? <laughs> I knew so many songs that I shouldn't have. I remember singing... I don't want no teeny weeny. You know what he taught me about that song. I was like, I'm singing that song in the car because it's on the radio at the time. And oh my God, it's just so ridiculous. Dude, Megan the Stallion or like Doja, either one of them, they they should like sample that song. That would be hilarious. I'm surprised they haven't. I I need to forward it. It's obvious. It's an obvious choice. They have to do it. But uh, this this song, when I hear it play today, it just makes me laugh so much. <laughs> uh, I get, I'll go into that in a bit, but uh, let's play it now. And uh, it wasn't me, but Shaggy. Yo, man. Yo. Open up, man. What do you want, man? My girl just caught me. You made her catch you? I don't know how I let this happen. But who? The girl next door, you know? I don't know what to do. So it wasn't you. Alright. Honey came in and she got me red-handed. Creepy 
access to your villa. Trespass on a witness, all of your clean on your pillar. You better watch your back before she turn into a killer. Let's review the situation that you call the peanut. To be a true player, you have to know how to play. If she say a night convince her say a day Never admit to a word where she say And if she claim a you tell her baby no way But she got me on the counter It wasn't me Saw me banging on the sofa It wasn't me I even had her in the shower It wasn't me She even caught me on camera It wasn't me She saw the marks on my shoulder It wasn't me Heard the words that I told her It wasn't me Heard the screams getting louder It wasn't me She stayed until it was over That song still kicks butt. Yeah, it does. I see why it's still on the radio because it gets you head bobbing and moving. (laughs) I'm like, damn, this like drum beat kick is good. I like this sound. I guess I'm just always like focused. Like, uh, I caught you you on camera. It wasn't me. I'm looking right at you. It still wasn't me. Yeah, you were on the bedroom fucking floor or whatever, the bathroom floor, dude. Come on, I saw that. I saw the thing on your shoulder. I only know you had that on. No, it wasn't me. It was my twin brother, my evil twin. He he just he's he hangs out here sometimes. What I love about this song concept is like this guy lies, 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 and lies, <laughs> and then he's like, actually, I'm done lying. I'm gonna go try to tell the truth. Yeah, and he, then he goes and tells the truth and like figures, oh, guess what? It didn't work out. 
Uh, isn't that what happens? Like it doesn't. Well, he on the last verse, he's like, uh, he says to Shik, uh, Shaggy, like, you're that was that's a stupid idea. I'm not gonna do that. I guess there was they didn't say an outcome. Oh, okay. He was like talking to his bro as if like, what idea should I like? What yeah, should yeah. I do? Yeah, he comes to Shaggy. He's like, what should I do? I just say it wasn't you. All right. Clear, like, great idea. <laughs> great idea. Hey, bro, great idea. Dude, listen, I have a fucking hilarious story that has exactly to do with this. One of my buddies in Texas got mad at me because on a Halloween party, me and his other friend. So there's three of us who went to a party together. Both I had a girl, like, I was married, and my other friend, I think, had a girl at the time or whatever. And uh, this buddy of mine was kind of dating somebody slash not dating somebody. And then there was this other hot girl that was there, kind of good looking, bigger chick that was, like, really into him. And he was into her. And uh, I don't know what the fuck's going on with his love life or nothing. You know what I mean? So apparently he fucks his chick, you know, later on that evening because I left and the other guy left. He's like, dude, I fucked her. It's your guys' fault. And I was like, what are you talking fault? about? It's your like, fault. You had no other option. You had to fuck your way out of this situation. Like, <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I guess I left you by myself. There's no way I can get a taxi or drive myself out of here. Guess I'm going to have to fuck you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Okay. I mean, like, dude, we've we've done that to you before, and you didn't like fuck anybody. Like, what's up with this situation? You know, why is it now that you can't handle yourself? <laughs> he was so mad at us, and I was like, I remember thinking, like, dude, we are, you know, we're not in high school, okay? I'm not gonna, I don't account for your penis, <laughs> but like, I'm just not gonna do that. Like, you, I, I always feel like my friends, their relationships are on them. I try to be mm. good. And, and, you know, like say, hey, if you're really trying not to cheat on your girl, I'll tell you something or whatever. But everything else is none of my business. And uh, with how open relationships are nowadays, too, I frankly don't know what the fuck's going on with some people. So I just yeah. kind of let it all lit. I'll just leave it alone. Just leave it alone. I don't know. Musty, musty is better than I, I, I came to this mo- this idea that uh, it she she is videotaping this guy she's watching it all happen maybe she's into it maybe she wants a threesome oh, maybe shit. Have, has everyone ever wow. thought of that dude you just blew my mind this is something she was masterminding the whole time <laughs> she knew he was sloppy she would catch him <laughs> just so that she can dangle in front of him and be like well now i'm gonna force this to happen just i'm making you feel bad about it I want a sequel to the song. Wow. Wow. Well, it would be from her perspective. She's like, yes. I've been fil- I've been filming the, but I, f- I saw you on the counter. I've okay. been filming the. That's another like I'm Megan Thee Stallion the. thing she has to do. She would rock that song. I'm filming the. There you go. I'm a, I'm a fucking lyricist, bro. I'm ready to rock. Look at me. Socks. Oh my gosh, shocks. <laughs> you would think that I'm, my head is filled with rocks. <laughs> but it's impossible. Uh. I'm healed. I'm cured. For once, I've already had chicken pox. <laughs> oh, we got we to gotta collab. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm done. Okay, let's uh, move on to another. Uh, tell me more about influences things that made you laugh made you wish to be a comedian 
Okay. Well, um, should I? Man. Maybe like of, going chronological or like, you know, we started from you were young trying to make your sister laugh. Let's like, let's like a next step from that. Well, uh, this is funny because this, this actually next bit that I wanted you to play is actually kind of in the next step of my life. This was actually something. So a lot of the times you watch comedy or a lot of those things, it's with your family first. And then this uh, Bruce Bruce is a comedian yeah. he, I, and I found him and I started watching him. I, the first time I ever saw him was on like BET or one of those like shows where it was like black entertainment or comedians, right? Or maybe HBO. I don't know. Well, we all got around on TV and I was with my best, fr- my best friend at the time, Jake Gregg and their family, Darren, Tracy and Shay Lee. These are all white people. Okay. And we were got all around the table and gathered to watch a hilarious black man stand up. And the reason I want to share this this bit is because he's like making fun of white people. And one thing that I loved and appreciated being me who was a Mexican who grew up like my mom was born in Mexico, my grandma was born in Mexico, my my great my grandpa fought in Vietnam because he was born in El Salvador so he could be a citizen in America. You know, my family is all from not here essentially. So we, I didn't know a lot about white, white, white people. <laughs> well, I also didn't know a lot about them. I didn't know about their sensibilities. I didn't know about their sense of humor. I didn't know about what they thought was hilarious. And these people, because they took care of me so much, because I stayed at their house all the time oh, as, a, yes. as a middle schooler, I would stay after school and my parents would pick me up, but I'd be there for like three hours hanging out every fucking day, dude, for like over two years. Maybe. I like his dog. And uh, I got to really experience what it was to be white and live with white people. And them, you know, treating me like their son. I have a seat at the table with them, eating dinner that their mom cooked for me and watching comedy with them at the table and watching them laugh and appreciate a black man's comedy helped me understand that we were all the same. We all have our different plights and different troubles. You know, his dad was a farmer boy, came from nothing. Worked at Sears as a regular parts guy and worked himself from the bottom all the way to the top. Literally the classic story of like busting ass every fucking day. And his mom was the same way. You know, they weren't college educated. They were blue collar, work every day and grind it out, gather your experience and build your resume. That's what they did to make whatever they had happen for their kiddos. So, um, you know, a lot of the times when you're on the other foot, you're brown and you're not white. You think white people just got it like that. Like they just get it. And they definitely were not people like that. And a lot of people are like that, where they just had to work for it. And you don't realize that as a young person, sometimes the media or jokes or things that you listen to make you feel like they just have it. Uh, But these people helped me understand what it was to have work ethic, diligence. You know, um, they were on my ass about stuff, which was great. But anyways, this comedy, this this night, I I laughed my ass off. I never laughed so hard in my life. I was in middle school. If I remember correctly, and it was like there there was racy bits, but it was funny as fuck. His dad laughed at everything, everything, and so did his mom. And I was just whenever they were making fun of white people, I would like look over at them like, oh my god, how are they gonna react? Like, Jesus Christ, is this where his dad's gonna throw food at the fucking screen and turn it off and be like, God damn, like I'm scared, dude. I don't know what's gonna happen. This is my first time. Like, I know what my dad says. I know how my dad acts, and that's not necessarily civilized, you know. So, how's this guy gonna be sometimes? So, it was just great. And uh, this guy helped me understand like comedy brought everybody together, and it didn't matter what I looked like. It didn't matter my race. 
it all that mattered was like, am I funny? And is it funny to other people? That's mm-hmm. it. And it was great. At a, around a dinner table, it brought us together. This guy. Hey, that's what comedy is meant to be do. <laughs> For sure. I, he, he held our attention and he filled our hearts with laughter. And we literally came out of that dinner. I, like, it, it impacted my life. I'll never forget it. It was one of the best dinners I ever had in my entire life was with that family with them and i appreciated it i it, it's still a memory you know there's things that i don't remember that i should <laughs> and that dinner watching that comedy routine is one of them wow wow i'm, I'm looking forward to hearing this so i listen to bruce bruce it's a good album what's going on what's happening y'all looking good and everything what's going on got a mixed crowd i like that love to see white people thank you for coming white people thank you you know when white people come see you, you're doing pretty good. You know what I'm saying? I like that guy. Yeah, I like the good old boys. I like him, God dang it. He's a pretty good old boy, you know? I like, <laughs> I like the good old boy. I didn't tell you how they feel. You know, that's right. He'd be on TV and everything and doing his thing, looking all sharp. <laughs> Damn old Bruce Bruce. Pretty good old boy. But I... But I like white people. I just like them because they do different stuff. <laughs> I'm serious. When a white person's credit card is declined, they apologize right there. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I gave you the wrong card. <laughs> Shit, black people looking straight at the computer. <laughs> Soon as they swipe that card, they talk to Jesus, don't they? <laughs> and they do like this. <laughs> Father God, in the name of Jesus. Please let that card go through, I say glory. We be talking to God like we know him, though. I like white people. White people do different stuff. A white person will walk up on your dog and don't even know him. You can have a pit bull. Oh, my God, is this your puppy? Oh, he's gorgeous. Black people don't do no shit like that. We see a dog, we don't know. We start across the street. Look here, player. I don't know your dog. Now go on with that bull, all right? And I want to say something to the older people. You all gave us some advice when we was young. If a dog run at you, don't run. Who thought of this bullshit? I ran so fast one time, I passed my house. The dog stopped at my door. Damn, don't he live right here? And white people are serious about their animals. If it get cold outside, them dogs coming in the house. They be in the back porch. Get in here, boy. It's going to be cold. Get in here. That a boy. Shit. Black people looking out the curtains, man. I sure hope that dog don't freeze out there. It's going to be cold in the mug. Hang in there, boy. Hang in there. But I like white people. Don't think I'm bashing them because I like them. White people do different stuff. White people do different stuff. If a white person come home, they can go home tonight and start having sex. And the kids can come in and catch them. They're going to stop right there. They're going to explain to the kids what they was doing and why they was doing it. The dad would be just like this. Your mother and I were bonding. And this is what you do when you're married. And when you get married, you can do it one day, okay? And that's the end of discussion. Shit. 
I used to know what my mom and dad were doing. You hear me? I used to bust in the door like I ain't know what's going on. My dad never stopped fucking. He like, Bruce, close the door. Close the goddamn door now. Close the goddamn door. Close the goddamn Hold on. God damn it, I said close the door. My mom be like, Bruce, what you want? I be like, I want some water. Then my dad come talk to me afterwards, walk in my bedroom, yeah, boy. You see your dad tearing that ass up and down. That's what he's supposed to do, boy. But I like white people. But white people, one thing you have got to learn to do, you have got to learn to pick up on stuff before it happens. Black people can pick up on stuff instantly. For an example, we go to the mall, and it's 98 degrees, and somebody get out of the car with a trench coat on? We not getting out of the car. You gonna be like, what's wrong? Hold on, hold on. What's wrong? Some shit finna happen, hold on. Not white people, hey buddy, like your coat. Get shot up. <laughs> that was pretty good stuff. Yeah, we watched the whole hour, whatever his whole routine was like at dinner. And uh, for that time, I mean, you know, I don't know how old it was when we it seemed it was like new material when we watched it. You know, it was like 2005, 2000, somewhere around. Mm. there. I think. No, 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 no. It was no five yet. I, I, I was in. Uh, let's let's see. The album came out like so it was an early bit. So he went on a BET. This might be a mm. 2011. It was earlier when I heard that bit. Maybe it wasn't in middle school. Maybe it was in. Uh... Either way, I was at his place, and that's when we had it. And I remember just eating, listening to him, do that bit, and crushing. And uh, yeah, it was amazing. I I think I gotta check that out more. Definitely. Is that his real name, Bruce Bruce? That's what he goes by, Bruce Bruce. <laughs> See, I that. I yeah. Every time, like he starts with the uh, every time he starts a bit or like he goes up on stage, he's like, uh, "Don't worry about it, people. I'm not gonna fall on you now. I know you're looking at me. This big boy's <laughs> gonna fall on me. You gonna fall on me?" And he like moves his body like a world, like, like a pendulum, you know, like about to yeah. fall over. Like, oh, <laughs> you gonna pick me up if I fall? You know, thing. It's so funny. All right, um, I'll talk about. Um, it's hard to say if this is actually an influence when it comes to comedy, but it, it's a, like definitely an influence when it comes to performing. It's my uh, love for wrestling. Uh, you know, I've been watching since I was born practically. My earliest memories have to do with watching wrestling, watching like wrestlers like Mick Foley, Mankind, uh, Stone Cold, The Rock, Undertaker, Triple H. These these definitely like formed my early memories early childhood um some of the obviously it's not a real sport but when i learned about even before i truly learned that i knew that oh my god i want to channel what that guy is bringing i want to i want to be like him just it's hard to describe like the showmanship the energy that they're bringing right there. yeah 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 i can see what you're saying yeah mm. I, I see that Sometimes I would like even pretend to be someone else at school. I wanted to be my alter ego. <laughs> oh. uh, yeah. Um, 
I suppose some of the uh, wrestlers that I found comedic. Um, there was Kurt Angle, who's a true, you know real Olympian. He was a mm-hmm. gold medalist, but uh, he performed. He played this character that was like, "I am better than you," but like he believed that he was a good guy, but everyone else hated him. Uh, before he wrestled, coming down to the ring, he's like, like almost like preaching like a sermon to people. I remember he be. One time he preached abstinence to people oh my before God. before the match and like everyone booed him. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Of course. Um uh there was people he had this like uh oh, college like theme song, like a like a marching band, a yeah mm. you know, college band like <laughs> song to when he came out to the ring in there's like intervals in these in this song where fans would chant "You suck," "You," like it would have perfectly timed to the music, and it was it's even awesome. um, it was awesome. Yeah, I and, like how uh, he kept it as a heel. He's like, "Screw it, they love yeah. it." So I'm gonna they love they hate love it. So it's mm-hmm. like, that's perfect. You gotta keep it. Yeah, and when he came back a couple years ago. You know, people thought, oh my God, yay, we love you. But they're still saying you suck to him. And he's loving it. He's like so happy that he heard it. Yeah. Because he knows what I mean. It's the love. They know mm-hmm. it. That's the thing I, I've noticed about wrestling. Like, people who are fans about it, I think what used to make them look stupid was when they used to try to convince you that it was like super real. But now that fans know that it's not necessarily like a sport where they're wrestling, but it's uh, physical, entertaining. There's a drama storyline. These guys are kicking each other's ass physically for real. And they are drama, you know, making it dramatic and everything and doing their thing. But that made it more palatable, I feel like. And then you just can appreciate it for what it is and follow it and think it's entertaining that way versus trying to convince every guy. It's like, no, bro, it's real, dude. Respect these guys like that. They're mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, they're not. Okay. They're extremely fit, athletic guys in underwear and shit acting dramatic as fuck doing certain things and but the storylines are amazing and all that other stuff so anyways mm-hmm. it just i feel like it's really exploded and tied more people together because of the acceptance of like what it is you know mm-hmm. yeah and yeah for sure um, i remember i used to love randy macho man savage oh, that was my yeah dude. he he was like before my time but he he's uh, his energy was on on payroll you know you can't compare to anything else when I was growing up, he was a snap into a Slim Jim guy. Jim. Yeah. And I wanted to be like as buff as him when I grew up. Like, <laughs> so you ate Slim Jim. Little beard, cowboy hat, sweet ass yeah. sunglasses. Oh, yeah. yeah. Snap into a Slim Jim. Yeah. I just love that shit. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why. I, I loved it. Um, Kurt Angle, he was uh, friends with Edge and Christian, who were these two Canadian best friends with like long hair. And they, they had a similar personality where like, they seemed like such happy-go-lucky guys, but everyone hated them because, like, they go by, uh, depending on what city they're in, they were like wear the rival team's jerseys. Like, <laughs> the did, they were, so I like that. yeah, they were like in well, Oakland the night, so like the bad. night after so they bad. lost to the playoffs to the Ravens, and they're wearing Ray Lewis Ooh. jerseys. Ooh, that hurts. Yeah, That's fucked up. That was a bad game to lose. I remember that game. Oh yeah, I and that was a good. Um, 
What else? Uh, they wear these like crazy sunglasses and like sombreros. Um, I remember this one time they lost the tag team titles, and because they lost, they couldn't get a rematch. Exactly. So, and they decided to wear like luchador mask and to pretend to be someone else to get the title shot, and they end up winning. <laughs> And they had to keep pretending, hey, Edge and Christian did not win the tag and team titles, but the Los Conquistadors, they won the titles. They're the champions. Oh, switching bait. Mankind or Mick Foley. Mick Foley, Mick Foley played this character named Mankind who's like the deranged psychopath. He wore a mask. Uh, but he wanted to be the son of Mr. McMahon, he like he was like kiss his ass and like I'll do whatever you say, Dad. He like call him Dad. So um, he went through a transformation where he wore this shirt and tie. <laughs> he wanted to look nice for him. He wanted to look spiffy. <laughs> it was it was. Oh, um, that's what that was about. Yeah, he, he changed looks like overnight because of that. <laughs> I don't know that what what it was about. I just remember it happened. Yeah. And he wore uh, the sock, Mr. Sacco. <laughs> His relationship with The Rock was hilarious. They were like best friends. <laughs> and then lastly is my favorite wrestler of all time, Eddie Guerrero. He, <laughs> yeah, I, it's hard. Oh. It's still, it's confusing to explain his character a bit because, you know, being he was Mexican and angry he, Mexican is kind of what I saw. Yeah, but yeah, I guess sure not always angry, but like. There was in like the early 2000s, he they started doing this thing called lie, cheat, and steal. Like he would f- f- verbally say, "I lie, I cheat, I steal." Like he was put. I guess that's like a, a bad stereotype on Mexicans. <laughs> I, that's what I'm saying. Like, yep, I yeah. know. He just leaned he was, into it. It was bad, but it's like we the fans loved him. He was like one of those most beloved wrestlers. So like. Even hearing current day wrestlers talk about him today, uh, they they admire him. Like he's one of the most the biggest icons compared to the youth of today. Mm-hmm. Um, just his antics were hilarious. Like he would like knock out the ref, and then knock out his opponent, and then he would pretend to be knocked out for when the ref gets up, like. Oh my God! You got hit by that guy. Oh no! Oh, so he's so evil. That's so evil. Yeah, so fucked up. But he was. They he got what? cheered for that. Like they loved. The, so it's like the opposite of what Angle was doing. Yeah, it, that that was his biggest rival. Probably it was Kurt Angle. Um, but yeah, the I wouldn't say I. Maybe it didn't have an influence on my comedy, but it had an influence on me wanting to be a performer. Well, the showmanship I can see when you like do intros or when you first get up on stage, like you really do. I can see what you're talking about. That's cool, man. I appreciate you uh, showing me and sharing these things because it's making sense. (laughs) That even goes to my intro. I say, it's me. It's me. It's the S-T-L-O-U-I-E. That's a reference to the wrestler Road Dog. He would start his promos by saying, it's me, it's me, it's the D-O-double-G. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you didn't know. Okay. 
Uh, let's go into this this song I got. Um, I'm not going to play the whole thing. It's a pretty long one. Uh, <laughs> but this goes back to my childhood. My brother and I would replay the music video over and over to this song. Uh, when I was a... I remember this year, this time when this video came out, like Outcast was like the biggest thing. O three, mm. O three, and O four. There, this was, uh, this isn't the last album Outcast made. Speaker Box, The Love Below, but this was pretty much the end of Outcast. But they went out with a bang. Of course, the big hit, Hey Ya, but to me, is this song, Roses. <laughs> oh, I love this song so much. It's a good one. Um, I the HR of my uh at Amazon. Her name was Caroline, and uh, yeah, Caroline. I think that's that's use the reason for the word bitch, bitch, bitch. <laughs> of course, you know the song, so let's just get into it. Roses by Outcast. <laughs> Darling, you sound like a prostitute pausing. 
hoe, so you one of them freaks Get geeked at the sight of an ATM receipt But game been peaked, dropping names, she's weak Tricking off, this bitch is lost, must take me for a geek Uh, quick way to eat, uh, deep place to sleep Uh, rent a car for a week, uh, treat for a treat No, go on the raw sex, my ace test is flawless Regardless, we don't wanna get involved with all them lawyers It's judges, just the whole grudges in the courtroom I wanna see your support, bro, and I support you you It's it's the lyrics, it's the the music video is awesome, and the delivery Andre has on this song is the background vocals, Caroline, uh, Caroline, <laughs> bitch. Everybody liked it, and the best part about this song is like the girls were never mad about it. Everybody knows one Caroline, you know mm, what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like it could be a guy, it could be a girl, but it's everybody knows one. So we live in the area of of. Uh, Karen's, but I call Karen's Caroline's because 
bitch. Caroline's the reason for the word bitch. Bitch. Mm. So irresistible. Even my mama loves this song. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, it's a good song, man. I mean, I remember that being popular in songs like like dances, and uh, you'd hear everybody bumping it in their car stereo. You know, it was cool. <laughs> mm. All right. Tell me about uh, another thing that made Mikey Muse who he is. Well. I think what helps me in comedy or what I appreciate about comedy and what I love is edginess, being edgy, somehow making the things that aren't, you know, appropriate to talk about or things that are honest or truthful that are out there, but you don't know how to put it into words to make people make it palatable for them or make people not hate you for saying it, you know, and uh, something that I love about comedy is that you can, you can thrust the truth in the public square, but also make people laugh at it even though it hurts, even though it may be most of the time it's exaggerated, but there's some truths to in comedy, which is why it's funny. Otherwise there's no, you have to base it in some type of reality for it to, for the, for the concept to catch. Yeah. Otherwise it's just like, yeah, you're not really making, you're just talking shit. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. That's so true. Um, I definitely think of that when I made my jokes, uh, Definitely a sense of uh, um, uh, controversy, create a little controversy in relatability, a little bit of both. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I really appreciate that. And something that I like, you know, there's there's a comedian that passed away named Patrice. And the next bit that I'm having you play that I really think people would appreciate is a comedian named Patrice O'Neill. And he passed away a few years back of diabetes. But he is one of the best roasters. He's one of the best, uh, write, well, not necessarily writers, but one of the best comedians, period. I mean, he wrote really well, but he is prolifically known. He, he's known throughout the comedy world as like a ball buster, truth speaker, and a, a guy who's just going to lay it all out there and not going to spare anything to anyone, regardless of their celebrity status. And that is something that I respect because there's a part of you that's like, you know, you want to stay true to yourself no matter what uh, and how far you go into comedy. And somebody like Patrice was able to do that. You know, he still was true to his voice, his sound, his opinion, his way of thinking. And he didn't acquiesce to, you know, the modern mainstream at that time. He didn't water anything down and he stayed to himself and he was successful that way. He could have been more successful had he bent a bit more and, you know, not been as a, a dick to a lot of people in some ways. But... People hold him in reverence still to this day as one of the best comedians ever because he stayed true to himself and he was hilarious. So this bit that it's called race war and I thought it was appropriate to this day and age where it seems like in the media there's always some type of new race this versus that and uh, I thought it'd be kind of poignant to play. I want to commend you on your excellent transitions. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And I, I kind of like the, uh, the uh, almost the theme you're going through for right now is, uh, well, we have Mother Goose, who I guess Andrew Dice Clay, I don't know, I say, is he portraying or if that's real? Is it's Itali like a bunch of... Is his like Italian accent? Um, it's the nursery rhymes. Mother Goose yeah. is like the nursery rhyme books yeah. and stuff. Yeah, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm trying to refer to like his, like his oh, accent. Uh, 
Right, right. Then you had uh, white people, and now we got race war. And uh, well, you have your other, the other bit we're going to talk about later. Yep. You have like a little thing. We got. Yep. I'm trying to be on what's kind of happening today a little bit. And, you know, just what influenced me. I'm looking forward to this. Let's play it. You should like it. You're going to like it. That's why they need us to hate each other. Because if we ever fucking white people, black people ever was here, it would then it'd be problem, big problems. Because the other groups would just follow either one. Because it ain't nothing but the other groups, look, it's basically, here's the war. White people and black people at war. Then the other groups pick a side. Asians chose white. Latinos chose black, but they didn't choose us. They just want our spot as the top oppressed motherfuckers. You ain't getting it, nigga. I don't give a fuck how many babies you have. Latinos will be third of, I don't give a fuck. You're not getting at least our top oppressed spot, nigga. You can't have it. <laughs> so they need us to be fighting. They need white people and black people to hate each other. Look, I would never ever stand up here and say black people and white people should get together. Anybody who ever tried to do that and was close got fucking smoked. I don't even want to run down the whole thing. It's just if you were somebody that just, let's go Malcolm X. When Malcolm X was like, you white dirty devils, blue eyed evil. He was living a wonderful, <laughs> nobody fuck with him. But when he went to Mecca and came back and was like, Jesus, man, everybody's my brother. I think we should all come. Nigga, get your hand on my pocket. And he got shot. As soon as he had some new way of thinking about people, he got killed, man. I'm not that nigga, man. I like living as long as I can live. I don't, I'm not, I just, but I think that's, it is what it is, man. It might be, a young soldier in here with some charismatic skills, man, that could run with that shit. I could watch you get shot and they be trying to figure out who did it. Was it the government? Was it a crazy cracker in the woods? <laughs> Jesus, too. And they could try to pick people together. They killed that nigga. Because he tried to bring us together. Gandhi. Martin Luther King. Martin Luther, the motherfucker that, without the king, Martin, the regular Martin Luther. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. We crazy as shit. And I'm gonna tell you something, white people want to get along with black people. Here's the thing, here's what the main war is now. The two big war things. The reason black people don't like white people right now and white people don't like black people right now. One, uh, black people don't like white people because of this new type of racism. This shit I can't prove. <laughs> Why well, look at this fucking buzz cut head fucking in the army white boy here and I'm just looking at him going, I bet this cocksucker's racist, but I could never. <laughs> Prove it. Have you ever met a racist? I have 
Man, we agree there is racism. Uh, is it racism? Yeah, absolutely. Are you racist? Nope. Well, please help me find racism. You gonna tell me the only racists are crazy crackers in the fucking hills somewhere? No. There's no regular good guy racist walking around this bitch. I'm a nice guy, but niggas, they just... Uh, none? There is a dollar you need it, but I don't like niggas like, like that. They bug me a little bit. I got tons of white friends like you, bro. You got white friends, right? A couple, but see how nervous that? But I got a lot of white friends, and I don't like their whiteness. But I like them as people, but their whiteness makes me sick, man. Just be honest. And here's what white people hate. That white people don't like that they have to answer to race. They don't like hiding racism. White people used to be able to walk around and go, I don't like niggas. One of you motherfuckers. I'm a, let me just decide. Hmm. You look like you probably can fuck more of my women. I'm hanging you, motherfucker. That, that's what they would do. But now they have to go, why I? Why? Why? And then it makes us crazy because I gotta figure out is this motherfucker being racist? I don't know. I don't know. I had this nice white guy, man, older white guy. He was very nice to me. I had my dogs. I was buying them the doggy shit and out the, out the pet store. And I have little dogs, man. And he goes, hey, guys, oh, great dogs and shit. I said, thank you, sir. Appreciate it. He's talking to me. Then he's like, so did you adopt them? I go, oh, well, no. I bought them both. Oh, where'd you buy them? I well, oh, man, so are they happy? I said, this fucking motherfucker. But this is... <laughs> this is my paranoia. This nigga's checking to see if I'm some nigga that abuses his dogs, motherfucker. I'm gonna smack the shit out you, man. But it's easy to get out of that and go, well, no, why, why, why? And you go... Look, I ain't gonna fuck you up. Just be honest, man. Was you checking to see if I'm a nigga that abuses his dog? Be honest, man. Come on, man. It's always gonna be that battle. That's why when Obama was voted in, it didn't change me at all, man. It just, I, I just go, when did this end? It's too much of it. He ended it? And it shouldn't be like that. It shouldn't be. It just shouldn't be. People of God damn it. That was a good bit. Oh, dude, it's really funny. He's a really hilarious comedian. Good guy. R.I.P. Patrice O'Neill. Yeah, R.I.P. Patrice. Uh, I I I just actually thought it was gonna be a woman for a moment. I know he talks <laughs> like he has a bit about his name too. It's really funny. It's super funny. <laughs> Dude, he's hilarious. He's a New York comic. He inspires me to be uh, out there and, you know, un unashamed and unabashed. And, like, you know, he says it. He makes fun of what it is. Like, when he says the Mexican bit about how, you know, Mexicans chose us, but it's because they want to beat us and topple us. Yeah. That yeah. is a truth. That feels so Like, true. that's a negative. That's a truth that hurts. That's weird. That's uncomfortable. He yeah. puts it out there because... uh 
I don't know. He just because it's a kind of a truth, or it's just kind of like scratching the surface of like what is that exactly? Mm. So him bringing it up to light, it's like bringing the pink elephant out in front of everybody is what is funny, and that's cool. It's yeah. cool to do that. It's good to do it if you do it in the right way. Well, that's what's hard, you know, and that's what Patrice defended a lot was comedians trying. So whenever people would get offended about, you know, Patrice's or uh, comedians getting, can you know, saying certain things and they should get, they should be, you know, uh, in trouble for saying this or that. And he's like, they're trying to be funny. They're trying to find the funny. They're trying to figure out where it is and you don't know where it is until you get there. So people getting offended is part of it. You'll kind of find, you know, you're at a comedy club here or there and you go for this line or that and it just sinks. It doesn't do well. And people find it to be offensive and rude rather than funny and, and, uh, help, uh, smart, you know? Mm. So he was a big defender of free speech and that's another reason why I loved him so much. Inspiring. I can tell you use, try the best to do that yourself. Thanks, man. <laughs> I really um, do. He inspires me. He, like, yeah. he makes me not want to be afraid. Like, you know, you have your style and I definitely have mine where I'm trying to push envelopes and see what I can say. You know, I have no idea. Hmm. Um. So, I kind of I talk tried to talk a bit of with this with Pajama Sam. Um, animation is a really big thing for me. I, I'm a big lover of cartoons. Still am. I'm a big I'm a big boy who loves cartoons. Yeah. Um. So probably my favorite cartoon or it's probably what my opinion is up there on the greatest television show of all time is the Simpsons, uh, a huge influence on me. Uh, the Simpsons was my favorite show as a kid. And even though I don't watch it much anymore nowadays, it's, it's still a huge influence. I, I can replay episodes in my head. Um, yeah, people nowadays have to understand, like, the kids have to understand, like, Rick and Morty is today what The Simpsons was back in the day. Family Guy is today, or Family Guy was 10 years ago, what The Simpsons was. Like, every other cartoon that has come up that has dominated the pop culture and all that, you guys fall behind The Simpsons, it seems like. And the fact that they're continuing to make cartoons, I don't know if it's been 20 or 30 Maybe I don't know how many 31 years. years. That is just amazing, dude. That is amazing. So, I mean, you know, you're funny, even though their jokes aren't, they don't always carry the way they used to. Mm. It's still a good show. I miss watching it. You know, I get nostalgic whenever I do. It makes me think about my family when I was a kid. I'm getting emotional right now. That I think about <laughs> it, but it makes me think about living in California and sitting down on the couch with my dad's. My dad or my grandpa or somebody or my mom, you know, some family member there just watching Simpsons. Mm -hmm. so. I liked it's, uh, it's, they, they were able to do something that, that very few show cartoons can do, like how they can be grounded in reality and like, oh, that's a regular, every old, every family. But th when they go into the absurd, it, it still feels like a connected world if i'm trying to if that makes sense when they go absurd it still makes sense totally i think they're good at uh understanding that people are crazy even the people who love their show like we're all kind of nuts 
And there's a lot of people who are just like a bad day away from fucking snapping <laughs> and losing it all. So, okay. I think so. Maybe. Okay. I mean, maybe it's just me, you know. If my wife died and my kid died in some weird accident, I don't know how I'm going to handle that. I'll just say a bad day away from just, you know, snapping. So <laughs> when you see the Simpsons and they have this weird, dysto- I, for me, I was just thinking about dystopian episodes that they have. It's always like some dark, whenever they go to dark episode, I'm like, wow, I can see. Yeah. We're all twisted up as a populace. We like you because we're twisted on the inside and I connect with it a little bit. I don't got much else to say except The Simpsons is awesome. <laughs> so uh, I'll go into this next. Um, it's not a song. I'll, I mostly only chose songs, but this is one bit I did choose. Um, I I love comedy, I, but I'm really bad at discovering comedians. Uh, I guess... Re- one reason why is because I think I do know my sound. I do I do know my style of comedy, so I guess I just don't want to be influenced by anyone else. I guess there's oh, so yeah. many. There's so many. Well, there are so many other comedians that I know I'm not like. I, I know mm-hmm. I'm I'm nothing like Bruce Bruce. I'm nothing like Patrice O'Neill. But I do appreciate what they bring. Mm-hmm. But I guess I want to find a comedian I can relate to and. I can see myself. Oh, I can do something like that guy. That I can, I if he can do it, I can do it. I I kind of I see that with uh, Pete Holmes. That's uh, the next comedian. Um, mm. Next bit I'm gonna play. Um, Pete Holmes is like, he just reminds me of myself. This this youthful, uh, this, I guess what you what I was trying to, I said earlier is this sense sense of like a safe for work person that does not say work for work things um, nice. that's kind of the style i get from him um i was a big sh- i discovered him through um his show uh crashing his hbo series that he made a few years back i i really recommend it it's how he uh got a divorce from his wife uh left left his safe home and moved he moved in with um Artie Lang, and then that's how he started being a comedian. Damn, I didn't know that. Actually, I don't know if that's real or that's just a show. That's that's what happens <laughs> in the show. <laughs> okay, okay. But um, I know that is somewhat true. That he did got a divorce from his wife, and then that's when he decided I'm going to be a comedian, comedian now. Nice. Hey man, that's when you should try it. When you're like, fuck it, got nothing else to prove. Let's just do it. Uh, I really like this bit. Uh, let's play it. It's called uh, 68 Days Straight. <laughs> Offborn. Don't like strip clubs. Don't always want sex. I am straight. <laughs> I am a straight man. But I think sexuality is a spectrum. I think when we, if we watch this special in another 20 years, I think gay, straight, those are going to be outdated terms for sure. Maybe even sooner. Because it is a spectrum. Just like Kinsey said, everybody's somewhere on a spectrum of male, for lack of a better term, energy, and female energy. So I like to say I'm straight, but I like to say that I am 68 days straight. (laughs) What does that mean? That does not mean that I've been straight for just over two months, (laughs) giving it a go. That means that I'm straight, but <laughs> if I were in some sort of unforeseen circumstance, I don't know. 
Like, let's say I'm in a plane and it goes down and everybody dies. Everybody's dead except me and just out of thin air, let's say Ryan Gosling. Let's just say. Let's just say it's me and Ryan Gosling. The plane crashes in the ocean and we have to swim to an island. He's glistening, his pack muscles. He's doing different strokes. He's, it's like easy for him. This is fun. When we get to that island, eventually, don't back away. You're, go- you're gonna, you're gonna. I'm gonna fuck that man. I'm gonna, or you know, we'll see. <laughs> but I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait 68 days. That's how straight I am. I feel like that's enough time to build up rapport. You know, he makes a football out of a vine. He's like, you are good at sports, Peter. Tussles my hair. Rescue definitely isn't coming. I'm in the clear there. So on the 67th night, we spoon together for warmth. Little spoon. Morning of the 68th, nature takes its course. 68 days straight. Now, I have told that joke before. I told that joke one time in Texas. Correct. Only once, and I was in Alpine, Texas. Deep, thick, no country for old men. Texas. And I'm doing the joke, and I'm on stage, and right where you are, sir, there's a cowboy. How you doing? You're the cowboy. And he's looking at me. Just picture a cowboy. Perfect. Like a man who went to a costume shop and said, give me the cowboy for life. So there's a cowboy in the front, and I'm doing the joke, and the whole time, I'm the only one that can see him. He's just going like this. But I'm the only one that can see, so I'm ignoring it. I'm doing the joke, I'm up there like, you're gonna fuck him, you're gonna fuck him. Or maybe he'll fuck me. And he's like. But I ignore it. I finish the bit, standing ovation, pretty good bit. (laughs) Applause dies down and the cowboy goes, hey! I get scared. But I don't know what to do. Everybody heard this man say, hey, now it's a public issue, and I don't know what to do, so I just go, yes, even though I know he's going to say something hateful and terrible and ruin the bit for the rest of my life, but I didn't have a choice. So I go, what, what is it? And he goes, 28 days. He didn't have a problem with the bit. He had a problem with how long I was making Daddy Goss wait. Pretty funny, man. I, I like. I see myself kind of making a bit like that. So. Yeah, that's hilarious. I've never actually heard his stuff. I've heard of Pete Holmes. I think I've heard him on podcasts, but I've never heard his stuff. Mm, I'm a big. I'm a fan of his podcasts. Let me look him up. Well, I like that you picked a bit. That was actually really nice. He's pretty funny. I kind of look more into him. Is he an actor as well? Um, kind of. I've seen his, 
I've seen him play like Best Buy guy or some shit like that. Yeah. Oh, he he had his own little talk show for a little while. I think that was that's where that was from. Gotcha. Well, we'll go from one comedian to the other because did you want to? Sorry, did you want to keep talking about him? My bad. No, no. I'll just yeah, maybe do check out a show crashing. There's a lot of uh, comedians that make uh, appearances appearances on there. Crashing. Uh, okay. Yeah. It's only like a three season show that lasted on. I was on HBO. It was pretty good. I really want wanted more. It was it didn't so suddenly. Is that one of one of those like COVID deaths? Basically, like a lot of stuff just stopped when COVID hit. No, I think it was probably. I think it ended in 2019. Okay, so right before. Okay. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I'll have to look more into him. He's that was pretty well written. Pretty funny. Twenty eight days. <laughs> Twenty eight days. <laughs> Uh, what 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 number would you be? <laughs> Man, Ryan Gosling, dude. It was Ryan Gosling, bro. Uh, probably a few years. I don't know. I'd have years. to feel like I'm really gonna die, and then I'd have to figure out like, because I I don't know if I'm gonna. We'd have to figure out the situation because I'm not willing to be bottom. I don't think. I think that's the problem <laughs> we'd have. Is like I have to feel. I feel like, I feel like he's got more sugar in his water than I do. So I'm like, I feel like. I'm going to make him be that's the war it's a war of attrition as to who's going to decide to be bottom first and it's not going to be me. So that's how many days it's going to take. This is for it's for Ryan Gosling to decide to be the bottom. That'll be the that'll be the like the uh the standoff we have. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm just imagining him like it's like been five years. Five. We're both like, dude, come on, man. We haven't boned anything in five years. And I'm like, dude, look at the tree. I told you, you're not willing to bend over, and neither am I. So we're fucking tree, aren't we? No. No, come on, dude. You listen, dude. I'll fuck you. You fuck me. I was like, no, no, no. I fuck you first, then you fuck me. I feel like it would be like, no, 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 no. You. I was like, no, 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 no. Me first, then you. No, 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 no. Me first. <laughs> I don't know. Give me the coconut. We'll have to deal with this tomorrow. I'm sorry. Go fuck yourself. I'm fucking a tree. Uh, that's pretty good. I'd be maybe 180 seconds. Like that's that's like how much a school year is, and to me, like, oh yeah, okay, like. I I won't I don't make my final move until the last day of school. Oh, slick! That's a good move. <laughs> Plus, at that time, you're like you're gonna know if you're ever gonna get help again. You yeah, know, that's the thing. My thing is I don't want to be like three months in and be like, oh yeah, I had a fucking serious experience with this person, and now I gotta mm. go. I got rescued the day after, and I gotta go home and tell my wife. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I had a secret love affair with Wilson, the volleyball. <laughs> yeah, me and Ryan Gosling. Yeah, <laughs> I think I have to leave you for Ryan Gosling. Look, sorry. <laughs> And I figured out I'm gay. I'm gay now. I don't know what to tell you. You spend some time on the island with this guy telling me you're not going to love him. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> we started a band. He's going to get me into acting shows. Damn. It's going to be great. You still got the hookup with the Mickey Mouse Club. I'd be like those dudes who were uh, boyfriends to... Uh, the Tiger King, they were just doing it for the drugs. I would just do it for all the awesome parts. Like, just, you know, be arm candy. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Go down the red carpet. Like, yeah, dude, I'm totally gay, dude. Totally. 
Look at my Lamborghini. Super gay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It'd be funny. I wonder how many of those there are out there. Like, Tiger King was the first one where I actually saw that. Where I was like, no way. Dudes can do that? I... Damn, drugs are... (laughs) Drugs are a hell of a drug, apparently. (laughs) Damn. There was a... Uh, a meme I saw that uh, oh no my favorite gardener is getting deported and then they got <laughs> married <laughs> like the like, yeah they got married together instead yeah like oh I don't I don't want you to don't want you to go bro it's good looking Julio. out it's good looking out tell me about this uh, next bit you got well this next bit I have is by one of my other favorite comedians. Uh, you know, it's hard to put down just five without putting like Richard Pryor, Dan Carlin, mm. Dave Chappelle. Well, I, I'm wanna... I'm glad that you didn't because I I know those guys. I, Thank I you. don't know I don't know these guys. And that's that what I was chose. trying to do. I wanted to express or show something new to my buddy. They, you you love comedy, and hopefully anybody who listens to this will appreciate these different comedians and what the art that they put out. Um, because they're they're not all huge necess- I mean Dice was massive obviously mm. But these other guys aren't necessarily massive So um, this is Big Jay Okerson He's part of a podcast called The Legion of Skanks Which is my favorite podcast on the planet mm. These guys are raw, they're from New York They don't give a shit, they just do what they do Funny dudes And uh, I respect the hell out of their Willingness to make fun of each other, themselves, anything else, and uh, keep everything light. Like it, it makes me happy while I'm at work. It makes me feel like I'm bullshitting with people back at the lunch table or something like that. Um, so Big J, he, one of the things that he is really well known for and that I respect that he does is crowd work. And he has whole albums that are just committed to his crowd work. And I think this might be one of the bits from his crowd work routine where he'll just like start talking to people about bullshit stories just and that and he's so talented he has his book he has all so many bits like a rolodex in his mind that as things are coming into fruition with conversation with people he can start making fun of it with different bits that he's had in his mind and things that he makes up on the spot so he's extremely funny very intelligent very creative uh he has a lot of problems with himself when it comes to his self-image which is why also i like him you know, he's fat. He's just dyeing his hair. He's always trying to be cool. He smokes cigarettes. He's just <laughs> hilarious. He's disgusting, you know. Um, he's trying his best, but he's hilarious. He's a really funny guy. And this is poignant right now because there's a lot of... This bit's called Know Your Asians, K-N-O-W, Your Asians. And uh, I've been getting emails like crazy right now. It's freaking March. I don't know what it is, but... There's like stop the Asian hate. Uber Eats sent me one. DoorDash sent me one. It's like the most random apps and like yeah, you know. I'm like, yeah. obviously, I thought you guys were pro Asian. Yeah. Most Asians use these apps. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> we what's going on here? Why these certain companies are sending me this? But because of everybody else telling me about Asians having problems and things like that, and some <laughs> of it's kind of comical. I've been like, hey, this would be a good bit. It's Big J. It's really funny, and uh, it's a good bit about some Asian comedy. Let's hear it. Big J. Okerson. Big J. Okerson. All right. Let's learn. I'm going to learn. You know a question is never a point in asking? You ever fucking Asian guy? The answer is always just no. <laughs> you ever fucking Asian guy? No. <laughs> hmm? She has? Did you really? 
Wow, I'll tell you what, here's a reaction I was not expecting, and I'm sorry to this Asian guy here. When she goes, she's fucked an Asian guy, some people chose to go, whoa. Is that your line? <laughs> Fucking ninjutsu knowing, poke ball motherfuckers. What a weird racism to have. You banged an Asian dude before? You guess? You couldn't tell by his face? You couldn't tell by the brothish smell of his apartment? <laughs> That's probably not a word. Broth brothish? Chicken stocky? It was an Asian guy. Do you not think that's Filipinos Asian? Wow. You know what, dude? Try to fuck her anyway. She might forget you're not her type. I said she fucked an Asian guy. She goes, well, he's Filipino. So, and granted, that is the most Mexican of all Asians. Both enjoy a good donkey show. Both produce a hard worker. Where'd you meet a Filipino? Dojo. Where was it? Springfield, Missouri? What happened? You decided, you go, it's a nice day. I'm gonna take a rickshaw home. Oh, this guy's back muscles are popping. As you're making him drag you up to the hills. <laughs> Where was it? Missouri? Where the fuck did you find a Filipino in Missouri? Was it nationals of something? Gymnastics or fucking... Was he just confused on a street corner? You fucked a Filipino in Missouri. How was it? Everything in... All the rumors say? <laughs> now you don't think he was Filipino. Is this whole thing... Were you fucked by a phantom or something? Why do you not think he was Asian? He didn't look very Asian? Lebanese? That's not Asian. I've never had a blonde girlfriend. I'll be honest with you. I would all say that's a stupid rumor. Blondes are dumb. But this is the stupidest conversation I've ever been a part of. I'm not mad at you, girls. I love you for bringing it into my life. I need to relax a little bit. I'm around comedians all the time. Bunch of intellects. Guys are thinkers. They talk a lot. Somebody being confused if someone's Lebanese or Filipino? It's just two such random things. So he's Somalian or Irish. <laughs> oh man, that was great. So that's all crowd work, dude. So he's yeah. like pulling these bits out. He's asking them questions and he's pulling it out and he's like bang, 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 bang. That is so fast off the top so of the head. So impressive. I mean, I... I respect the hell out of his game and how he's able to do that. Mm, me too. I feel like all the crowd work I've ever done was like forced crowd work. 
if that makes sense yeah it's a lot of how you doing yeah yeah, yeah. Hey. or like there was this one time i remember i did a joke where i said uh uh i wanted everyone to say masturbation at one time like everyone let's go let's say masturbation and then like and then like some people said it it's like yay good job yeah i could be the new host of blues clues like i remember yeah yeah, but um this guy was great um i yeah you've talked to me about the legion of skanks before and i guess that's the good thing about this podcast i feel like is i'm i feel like i'm more likely now that this is in this format in this podcast format how we're talking now like the way you teach me about this song i tell you about this song you told me this comedian i tell mm-hmm. you this comedian this way this this way of communicating i'm more likely hey i'm gonna look into that now <laughs> you totally. know yeah. yeah they are on spotify i like it legion uh-huh. skanks are they, are they yeah on uh i think they are on spotify yes they are yeah there That's we go right there. Yep. Oh, I am okay. I wouldn't play it yet. It's pretty. Uh, <laughs> yeah, similar. Yeah. Pretty crass, but I like it. It's a great podcast. Yeah, I I want it. His crowd work was really impressive. I don't know how people really do that so well. Dude, he's he's like that on the podcast too, where he is just like off the top of mind, flowing and making jokes and going with it, and it's like. It's so impressive to me because you know how yeah. it is when you're trying to be funny. You, you, you really your brain is on. You know mm-hmm. you're really listening intently and thinking and trying to like hopscotch your way in. And he's so good at it. So mm-hmm. yeah, when I'm respect. Yeah, when I'm on stage, I'm thinking about my joke. I like I wrote I wrote all this stuff down. Got to stick to the script. Got to stick to the script. And when um I, I don't know how to get off the script, back on the script. You know how. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, Big J Okerson, that that was impressive. I want to hear more from him. So, who do you have coming up next? Um, the, so I want to mention um, a big influence on me is late night television. Like when I turned like hmm. 11, 12, 10, even maybe ten, uh, staying up late watching SNL when I was like that age meant a lot to me you know that i i really like the era of snl i grew up on the mid to late 2000s there's several great stars from that area uh tina fey amy poehler maya rudolph uh amy andy samberg um mm-hmm. the lonely island they were incredible yeah 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 uh, justin timberlake those yeah yeah they were they were pretty close to make it on this playlist uh um then came like 2009 when I like, I've heard the name Conan O'Brien before, never seen him before. And when he got the Tonight Show, I started paying attention to him, and I became a huge Conan fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, it was, I was like, so angry when he lost the Tonight Show. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, it was his show. It was crazy how they just took it from him and robbed yeah. him. Only had it for nine months. And then didn't they give it back to Jay or yes. something like that? That was yeah. so like. You know, that looked like shit mm-hmm. on their end. That just did not look good. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot of lessons by that. Like when you bow out, bow out. Let your let your predecessor yeah. take just place. It. Just give it a end. It. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, on Conan's final night as the host of the night show, I kept the channel on NBC. 
And then I started watching Late Night with Jimmy Fallon. And I became a big fan of Jimmy Fallon. I knew who he was before, but watching the show, I became a big fan of his. Uh, now, I know I know a lot of people don't like him. Was it because he uh, pretty much ruins sketches because of his laugh? Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe that's just not their style of comedy. But I really like him. I like his – I like – I like the late night show, what he had, his, how it incorporates music. He, there's so many parodies he made. Uh, he always really got really good musical guests. And with The Roots being his band, uh, it added a lot to it. You know, I guess that's what, yeah, this, like- that's what this show is about. Is our show, well, this show, Top Ten Radio, is 50% music, 50% comedy. And that's what pretty much Jimmy was all about to me. Hell yeah. Uh, anything you were going to well, say? Yeah, I was going to say what I liked about Jimmy Fallon, like you were saying, is he has kind of like the Jamie Foxx factor where he's talented, where he's musically inclined and gifted, and uh, he can play instruments, and he can actually carry a note and play with other people. Like he played with Stevie Nicks, the Heartbreakers song, where he pretended to be Steve Miller from the Steve Miller band. That was like really, really good. So that's where I really respected his showmanship. Whereas he is truly a showman, like a he reminds me of a guy who could have been a guy on show like in the 1970s or 60s, like on live television, who's like, all right, now the screen pans to him and he's like in a guitar and we're here with the eclectics and la, 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 la. and they're about to play this one song. And then he's still in the suit and goes to the next part where they're like doing a game show where they're tossing water balls at something else. And he's able to throw some, you know, because Jimmy Fallon, he was able he had so much energy. He can do all these things. Um, I didn't really feel like his he was so much respected for his interview as he was for the actual show part. Like, mm-hmm. uh, what's he going to do? You know? Yeah, yeah. He definitely wasn't that great as, as an interviewer. But he really does a great job as humanizing these celebrities, making them seem like normal people with the okay. games and the sketches. Um, I love his impressions. He has many great musical impressions. It kind of goes into what I'm about to play now. Uh, Say, we do a we connect with the love of music, comedy, as a and another thing of sports. This song performed by Jimmy is uh, in reference to Tim Tebow. Uh, (laughs) um, In the 2011-2012 season, uh, of course remember tim tebow being this like almost overnight sensation kind of i mean he was was the heisman winner in florida but um when he was a quarterback for denver that like it was it was like a phenomenon pretty much right well it was like first off he was christian and that he wore it on his sleeve so he had this like christian group back it backing him and he was in Denver, Colorado, which is pro-military Air Force, a lot of bases around there, which is also kind of Christian conservative in a way. So he was in like the perfect spot for him to blow up. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he was such a dynamic. I think he won two championships in Florida, maybe three. Yeah, He was a stud. He was part of that new RPO run play option uh, offense that hadn't yet actually taken the NFL by storm, but he was on the... Uh, oh my God kind of like the front of it you know yeah um he wasn't well known for throwing but dude the guy 
he every he was so popular that every time he would get down and pray, he was doing the Tebow. It mm -hmm. became a thing where like if you put your head down, you put your forehead on your uh, fist, and you put uh -huh. your fist and your elbow down on your knee, and you got down on one knee, that was the Tebow. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. so that's pretty funny. Yeah. He was big in uh, the world at the time. This song was recorded maybe a week after the Broncos defeated Pittsburgh in the wild card game. It was over. It was like an overtime wild card game. I think it was the first, maybe the first play of the overtime. Tebow throws it long ball to I think it was Demarius Thomas. Mm -hmm. He gets it, runs it all the way to touchdown, and Denver w wins and moves on to the divisional round. And they end up playing the Patriots in that game and uh, got destroyed. I think it was like a it was a big blowout. Mind him in like fourteen to forty one or something like that. They definitely had him figured out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this song is a parody of the classic song "Space Odyssey" by T David Bowie. Let's play. It's called "T Bowie" by Jimmy Fallon. Tim Tebow to Jesus Christ Tim Tebow to Jesus Christ Can't win by myself but with your help I might Tim Tebow to Jesus Christ Seven Six Commencing fall down hut hut hike Snap the football and may God's love be with me. This is Jesus Christ to Tim Tebow. Please leave me alone. Don't you know my day of rest is Sunday? And I'm sick of watching all Wow, that was really, really good, dude. <laughs> he sings so fucking good, man. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. He's so talented. Like, I can imagine that guy is during lockdown. I bet he his house is full of instruments in different rooms and different areas, and all throughout the house, he's just 
from one spot to the next, like playing the drums, playing a keyboard here, or there, playing the guitar, shooting a basketball hoop, like throwing darts. I don't know, whatever it is that he paints. Cause he's just that, I mean, to do that in a few days or, how, you know, not, and it sounds so damn good. Mm. Really great idea, dude. That's awesome. That's yeah. I really, I really wish to see his show someday. What I did go to New York and I saw the, uh, the state the, the studio. It was, it was awesome being like there. Um, I, I, I didn't get to see the, um, like a live performance i really really wish i did uh i remember one time i i was there and he was still the host of the late night and i asked the like the uh the people there like the studio the guides mm -hmm. if like um is it like i asked them is it true that he's gonna host a tonight show and they're like i have no idea and then like just like a month or two later like a few months later you end up being the host nice that's cool uh, that was yeah. cool that you were there, though. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, you want me to bring up my uh, next one? Yeah. Uh, well, this bit that I'm going to have you bring up. Sorry. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, there we go. I'll talk about him. His oh, name is yeah. Freddie Soto. Freddie Soto died in, I believe, 2005, 2006 of a heart attack, and uh, it was induced via cocaine. Yet and again, another reason why I do not do uppers or cocaine or anything like that because I feel like people like me, I'm already revving at such a high that there's a reason I'm more into barbiturates and things that calm me the fuck down because I'm already level 8. I don't need to go to 10 or 11. I need to calm down. Um, anyways, uh, this bit reminded me of my grandpa and my dad and every time you went to go do something, do something for them, find something for them and you kept failing and fucking up. And they would get more and more pissed off when you come back and you didn't bring the thing or whatever it is that they're looking for. This is the Mexican version of that. So <laughs> I think a lot of kids have had that where, you know, they, their dads or parents are like, hey, go get me this thing. It's over in the other room. And they're like, where is it? I don't know where it is. And then your parents are just getting fucking furious every time you come back empty handed. So it's uh, this is a good bit. Freddie Soto, one of the best uh, Mexican comedians. I liked him because he didn't. Like, George Lopez is cool for a Mexican comedian, but he's so, like, just being a Mexican. You know what I'm saying? He talks about that. And for me, I wanted to be a – I am who I am, and I'm not going to deny that I'm Mexican and I have different, you know, Hispanic cultures within me and whatever. But that's not, like, my main thing and what I talk about to be funny. Hmm. I don't think to bang on my culture and make fun of it all the time is how I'm going to make people think I'm funny. But that's, I don't make fun of, like, that's how George Lopez did it, and he helped bring Mexicans on the map. So I appreciate him for paving the way and um, being hilarious, you know. Mm -hmm. But Freddy Soto, to me, was, like, a more modern Mexican where he was, you know, talking about his, in, I think he had, like, a like a white wife, and they have a different type of kid. Like, it was more integrated, the way most of us kids were starting to become. So I liked him a lot. I really wish I could have met him, but... I try to channel his energy when I do comedy, you know, and he's like one of my muses, if you say, so to speak. Mm -hmm. I see what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll try to look into, see if I see any of you in here. Um, can you tell me what a COSA, co COSA is? You'll figure it out. Okay. All right. Let's see. They'll wake you up the next day, bro. They'll wake you up at 5.30 in the morning, man. Maybe earlier. 
right? They don't even have to shake you to wake you up. All they got to do is stare at you. That'll open your eyes, man. Feels like they've been there all fucking night. And you open your little crusty eye, you know? Huh? Hey, good morning, Mr. Party Time! Let's go, cabron, wake up. We're gonna re-roof the goddamn house. Huh? Mom! She's not here. Oh, fuck. And you're up on the roof, man, and you're busting your balls. Right? Hammering. You have that father and son tension. You know, where they send you to go look for shit, but they don't know what it is or where it is. Mijo, go find me that. You know that. La cosa, cabrón, la cosa. Para scrapear, but you know, to put it next to it and do it, you know. Pues la chingadera, la chingadera. Dad, I don't know what you're talking about, man. Find it. All right, man, take it easy. Just tell me where it is, man, and I'll find it. Where is it? Where is it? It's right there. Right there? What do you mean right there? Everything's right there. Don't be stupid. All right? Look right there next to the left. Next to the what, man? Well, if you don't see it on the left, then look more lefter. <laughs> Dad, more lefter, that's not even a word, man. Well, I'm not in school, Mr. Rogers, all right? God damn it. Now look on top of the thing by the side, on the middle. No, I enter la cosa, pendejo, para la izquierda. Next to the top of the thing by the left that I'm telling you. No, you're not looking on purpose, cabrón. You're not looking on purpose. I know what you're doing. No, no. Oh, oh, but if it was your friends that you got drunk with, oh, oh, I found it. Oh, let me look harder for you, Charlie. Look, I found it. I love you, Charlie. Let's go get drunk and pee on my dad. Dad, that was a mistake. I didn't even mean to pee on you. You better find it. Because if I go there and I find it, I'm gonna kick your ass. Regardless. So that was like his closing bit on this. Uh, cosa means thing in Spanish. This, oh, okay. Oh, my cosa God. Means thing. So this guy like influenced the hell out of me to be like, wow, his I energy. See it. I his, see. Oh, thanks. <laughs> he channels that energy, and I want to be like that. Like his transitions are how he's able to portray his, the intensity in which he plays his characters. That is how I want to be, is what I'm saying. You know, like brings them out to life for real. I even see like, I see both. I like senseless like the the norm, you know, him being himself. I see that within you and the larger in life personality of his dad. I see that too. I'm like, oh, <laughs> this this brought me so much pain because like, 
like sure maybe he's being specific to his father his like his like i suppose like a stereotypical mexican father but it reminds me of my dad oh my this is absolutely <laughs> that's the brilliance of the bit yeah give me that thing over there yeah where oh my this is a little hurt oh it hurts over there so by the, on the left we will have to what damn it if and they get angry fight, <laughs> yeah <laughs> It's so oh. awesome, dude. He's such a he was a great comedian. Um, and he didn't, uh, you know, his star didn't get to Brian Scheidt and long enough because uh, he was just like coming on his way up, and then he passed away basically. Mm. So I mean, he was in comedy yes. for a while, but he was starting to get notoriety for his bits. Yeah, and it's a uh, it's pretty. I don't see him. I saw nothing from him on Spotify. Yeah, I don't even, I mean, he died in 05 or 06, so he, oh, before man. Spotify was really probably. Yeah. But, uh, man, I, I think we were still on LimeWire and fucking BearShare <laughs> yeah, in 05. Yeah. Oh, BearShare. <laughs> miss those, like, open platforms where we used to do that. Like, that was honestly low-key the shit. Like, yeah. buying hardware, uploading it to your computer, and then putting up to a source. I should do that again. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. No. Google, don't listen to me. Just oh, kidding. No. It's not me. It's not me, Mikey. It's uh, Roddy Rich. Just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, that reminds me of uh, my my favorite joke that I told about uh, the first time I discovered porn from white porn. <laughs> from what? I, I discovered what porn was because of LimeWire. <laughs> nice. Like I I don't know if you remember this bit, but I I told it at the hot box at a. There's a video clip that had like a wrestler's name on it, so I clicked on it, but it ended up being porn. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, it's it's gonna become wrestling eventually, right? Yeah, 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 right. <laughs> it's oh yeah, that was a good bit. That yeah. was funny. They're eventually gonna start wrestling. It's a it's a type of wrestling. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, like I seen wrestling matches that <sighs> took place at Chuck E. Cheese one time. That's funny, dude. <laughs> Man, that that was a good bit, Mister uh, Mister um, Soto. R.E.P. You, you. I want to know more about this guy. Yeah, if I can buy his album, I'd love it. I'd listen to it because he's just really good. There, um, three amigos stand up. Oh, I got. I'll check that out. Yeah. Alrighty, I'm gonna end this bit with my the the television show, like the live action series. My favorite. Oh yeah, I'll say this. My favorite television series of all time. That's not that's not animated or that's not uh, like a variety show like SNL or The Simpsons. It's besides SNL and The Simpsons, Community is my favorite television series of all time. It came out when I was like uh, middle, like late middle school, early high school, mm -hmm. and the, like the top series at that time were like Thirty Rock, The Office, Parks and Rec, right. and and I couldn't relate to these shows because yeah. I was not going to work <laughs> great time in television though, they were all me. great shows definitely i looking back now they're all great shows but i wasn't interested in these shows because they're all about work right right work workplaces and then community came along which is all of, which was about school i like okay well, i'll Excellent. go into and okay what i loved is the constant references to pop culture which is something i i do a lot well all my all my jokes are pretty much are about pop culture. Um, they had such a great cast. Uh, 
it's so wacky and fun. I I love the style. The uh, meta humor is my kind of humor. Um, this is where I learned about Donald Glover. Uh, oh, okay. He played my favorite character, Troy. Troy is my favorite favorite character of any TV series because <laughs> he was so dumb and lovable, and mm. he played it perfectly. Perfect casting. Um, mm. During the time of, like, say, season two, that was in 2010, I decided, hey, let's just type in Donald Glover on YouTube and see what I get. And I got a whole bunch of shit. <laughs> Before um, Community, he worked on his sketch group called Derek Comedy. Those videos are fantastic. <laughs> so they were they came out in, like, the early days of YouTube in, like, 06, 07. And those videos are <laughs> fantastic. Oh, um, i check them out. Definitely. His comedy. Because I, I know him from the music, but I didn't know. I heard he did comedy, but I didn't really pay attention. You know, I just. He's really good stand up, too. Um, I couldn't find any of his stand up on Spotify. You can find it on YouTube. Uh, his stand up special, Weirdo. I, uh, I my One of my, my favorite jokes from that is uh, uh, they asked some. There was like a campaign going around to, to, for people to wanting him to be the new Spider-Man. It was like Donald for Spider-Man, woohoo! And uh, then people, someone's like, "We're gonna make Bla Spider-Man black now. We're gonna make Spider-Man black. How about we make Michael Sarah Shaft?" <laughs> <laughs> I know that'd be ridiculous, Michael Sarah. That'd be a good. That's a, that was a pretty good bit. Um, Another thing when I got Don Glover on YouTube was his rapping. I discovered he's a rapper just by typing his name on YouTube. It was like, dang, he is fantastic, a rapper. He came around, around the time when I was like kind of giving up on rap, and I, I still am in that space, in which I'm just not a fan of hip-hop much right now. And uh, his style... I love so much. In fact, he's pretty much the reason why I kind of started rapping as well. Um, really? Yeah. He's probably he's made my main influence on wanting to be uh, somewhat become a rapper, or because he puts that comedic style into rap. His the right. references, the the punchlines. He his they're fantastic uh donald glover is one of my biggest influences on becoming an entertainer being an actor a writer director rapper singer so on and so forth it, his multi-hyphenness is endless mm -hmm. he is he's up there and i could see how uh it's cool to see people like that in a certain space that are closer to you because then it makes you feel like oh then i can do that too a little bit yeah if there's a space for him, then there's something for me to do because I, I'm similar to him. I'm not like this other guy, but I'm closer to him, and I, I definitely understand what that feels like. Because um, yeah. it's nice to find people like you in those spaces. Yeah, I've, there's, I don't think there's a thing he's done that I dislike. Um, he's really high up there in my favorite, both in terms of both music and comedy. I. He's one of my favorite people around. Um, the, the song I'm going to play is called Bonfire. Uh, in his early career, well, in terms of his early career, this is my favorite song. Uh, the, 
beat is so simple, it's but it's catchy. But what gets me is those punchlines. Knock after knock and knock like thing thing oh, boom boom boom. Um just knocks me out with this song. I, I wish I wrote this song. Uh, I guess this uh, this comes to mind of something I want to make in terms of uh, music. Um, let's play it. Bonfire by Mr. Childish Gambino. Okay, it's childish, can't be no homegirl, drop it like the NASDAQ. Move white girls like this coke up my ass crack. Move black girls, cause man, fuck it, I'll do either. I love pussy, I love bitches, dude, I should be running Peter in Adidas with some short shorts. B-O-O-R over me, my green is where it's supposed to be. Your green is in my grocery, this Asian dude, I stole his girl, and now he got that Koji beef. My dick is like an accent mark, it's all about the over E. Hot like a parked car, I sound weird like nigga with a hard R Fly like the logo on my cousin's 440 Eating Oreos like these white girls that blow me Vodka for my ladies, whiskey for a grown man Hanging in the islands looking for Earl like Toe Jam I made the beat retarded so I'm calling it a slow jam Butcher and I know it man, kill beef, go ham these rappers are afraid of him Cause I'm a beast, bitch, girl Invaders and Gambino is a call, girl Fuck you, pay me Brand new whip for these niggas like slavery Told me I was awful and that shit did not phase me Tell me how I suck again, my memory is hazy You're my favorite rapper now, yeah, dude, I better be Or you can fucking kiss my ass, human centipede You wanna see my girl? I ain't that dumb You wanna see my girl? Check Maxim, man, why does every black actor gotta rap some? I don't know, all I know is I'm the best one. It's a bonfire, turn the lights out. I'm burning everything you motherfuckers talk about. It's a bonfire, turn the lights out. I'm burning everything you motherfuckers talk about. You know these rapper dudes talk shit, start killing. Fuck that, got goons like an arch villain. I'm from the South, ain't got no accent, don't know why. So this rapper's child's play, I do my name like Princess die. Yeah, they say they want the realness. Rapped about my real life, told me I should just quit. First of all, you talk white. Second off, you talk like you haven't given up yet. Rap stepfather, yeah, you hate me, but you will respect. I put in work, ask Ludwig. Put my soul on the track like shoes did. Play this for my cousin, now he can't even think straight. Black and white music, now nigga, that's a mixtape. Shout out to my blurs, they represent the realness. Shout out to Gambino girls, my dick is in the building. I know you hate me, cause your little cousin play me out. I like black girls who nerdy, but when they dance, they be saying, ow. I'm sorry for who follow me. Chillin' with a Filipina at your local Jollibee. Yeah. I'm in her ass like side of me, so if you see my hand under the table, don't bother me. I don't talk soft, that's that other guy. I'm screaming what the fuck is up like I ain't see the sky. The shit I'm doing this year, insanity. Made the beat that murdered it, Casey Anthony. These rappers won't know what to do, cause all I did was act mean like a looney tune. And I'll give you all of me until there's nothing left. I swear this summer will be summer camp, bitch. That was cool. Yeah. This... He was much better at rapping than I was expecting. Oh, really? Yeah, the cadence I really enjoyed. I heard blue cheese. So you don't... Do you not know much of uh, his rapping? 
Uh-uh. Do you know Snow like the uh, Awaken My Love, the Red Bone kind of funk sound? Yeah, I know some of the funk stuff. I didn't hear, uh, I didn't know the rapping. I kind of heard him when he would cross over to my genre of like electronic pop funk soul stuff. Mm. Then uh, I would recommend his uh, album Because the Internet. It's it's really high up there in my favorite albums all the time. Okay. It's it's rap, but there's like there's like an electronic sound. There's like a glimpse of what you're gonna get from the uh, funk era stuff he did. Uh, it's 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 really psychedelic too. Mm. Uh, I like it. Uh, yeah, I I love the the you know just the punchlines that are all over this thing. My favorite, one of my favorite lines from any rap song is from this song. It goes, uh, "This Asian dude, I stole his girl, and now we got the Koji beef. My dick is like an accent. It's all about the over ease." Mm-hmm. That I that know. double entendre it was. Uh, blew my mind that was a good one i mean that's what i'm saying it's i was surprised at how good it was for sure i wasn't expecting it i mean it's it's one day surprise you that much you're like oh shit okay i'm head bobbing over here this is good yeah i like it's not necessarily comedy but to me it is because they're pushing the limits um i guess i mean like did the punchlines like he's putting his like what he knows from the comedy world into the music world. You know. mm-hmm. I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. So that is the show. We talked a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed it. Yeah. Had a good time. Hope you did mm-hmm. too, sir. Me too. I enjoyed it. I like bringing up, I really enjoy bringing up new, like, like last time it was new songs, and now I really enjoyed bringing up new comedy bits and looking into them and kind of like picking out my favorite ones from each comedian was really hard to do. But I'm just I glad I, I, you know, I got to bring something out to the table, something mm. different. Yeah, I'm glad that we have two different mindsets. Both both our last two episodes, we we thought of way different things. But like uh, mostly you, the most uh, the songs you played most uh, last time. Or pretty much songs you kind of grew up with, except the the Gallimarius, uh, Lena, Lena Perez songs. And I I played songs that I'm thinking of right now. And we had totally different ideas of what we thought of comedy this episode. Totally. Totally. That's so cool. Yeah. I, I liked it. Okay, actually, yeah. Today, today I was going to get an interstellar. Well, that's, I think that's it for today. Uh, okay. I love All you. Right. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Uh, um,